I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the red room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no kata Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, y'all? 2016. 2016. See, we better than 100, see? We wow. we gotta we gotta we gotta go up way up. Okay. Like how far y'all going back? Way back. Okay. <laughs> back in the time. Exactly. So okay. on this show, <laughs> we discuss entertainment. TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Yes, we can cuss on my show. <laughs> Good to know. Exactly. So my girl, Lisa Bolakaja, she's on a, on a panel right now, so she's not here, so shout out to you, girl. We love you. Team Cap, Lisa. Team Cap. <laughs> so her and Lisa Bolakaja are like big time, big time uh, comic book fans and stuff, Got little, little fangirls. She has chosen you know the incorrect side. <laughs> which, which, so, which side is that? Go ahead, tell She's us. chosen Team Black Panther, which I, that's not even really a team. Yeah, yeah, it's not really a team. It's it Team Iron Man, it's Team Cap, but she yeah. feels like Black Panther should have his own team. <laughs> I don't care. I think I know somebody who can direct that movie, too. That's what? all I'm saying. Well, they got Ryan Coogler. They got the right guy. They got the right guy. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. So we got my girl, Linnell White, sitting in with us today. Hello again. Staff Friday over there. Yep. Getting, getting it in. She just finished Z Nation. Um, the show over there. Whoa, Z Nation, Kalita, yeah. that's my girl. Oh, oh that's yeah, my girl yeah, too. Yeah. That's my homie. I told the Kalita she was going to be a star. I told she, she, she was gonna be a star. is amazing. She mm-hmm. um, love Kalita. I mean, it's just wonderful to have a person of a woman of color. That's why she was in on one a movie. show on King's Ransom. Right. Show on Sci Fi Network mm-hmm. that is doing really well, mm-hmm. and she's Black she's, our, she's, the, she's the lead. She's okay. the lead of the show. We don't yes. have a show without her. That's true. Until the zombies get her, and then mm-hmm. she can't be killed. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you never. I mean, you never know on Z Nation. Yeah. So, but they did kill off what's his name, which I was they'll shocked. kill off anybody. One. That's how we keep it wow. crazy and wild. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I just met your producer on that show. Uh, what is her name? Is oh, um, Jody. Jody, Jody. Ben yeah, Stock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just met Jody the other night. Small world. Small world. They need, they need to have world. you over there directing Small an episode because yes. yes, at the could asylum, they could use. Yeah, we're yes. talking about that. Yeah. We're talking you about know that. What I'm saying? They need a little about that. realness. Let's just leave it like that. So uh, then we got my man Rudy Rutenberg sitting here with us, writer, producer, Hello. pimp dog himself. Oh. I worked up from OG to pimp dog. <laughs> I like that. I was OG last time. I know. Well, you know, I got to give you a little bump. You see, we got the OG, OG in here today. We got my man Jeff Bird in the house. That's true. Don't they sound I'm Jeff trying. Bird? It's like, it's like he made that name up, right? And he, and he spells it with a Y. Doesn't he? Yeah. You know, he so, when he did it. Like, is that real? With a Y. Is that you? That's real. That's, That's real. the fam. That's my mom. It's mom and dead. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that comes from like England. You know. Oh yeah, my last name is English. No- too. Nobles. I'm sure. Yes. My First name, first or my name last too. name. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was like, yeah. You know, you think you you probably get in a lot of rooms, don't you, with that name? Um, 
You probably uh-huh. get it. I mean, at first, uh-huh. and then then they see you, and then they're like, "Whoa, oh, what the okay. hell?" And then, and then now they have to take the dick, nigga. And then they probably like you afterwards. Like, wow, I didn't think you were gonna be like this that. ghetto ass tight shirt wearing my fucking hair. Tight shirt wearing. <laughs> <laughs> at least hey, you know. At least you're aware. And at least you're in good shape. That's oh, yeah, how you, you know, can't be wearing tight I know. I know people wear tight shirts and they a little out of shape. Yeah, like, man, yeah, listen, you look a little suspect. You ain't seen a gym. Well, it's like it's like the girls with the half shirts. You know, oh, maybe not so much. Not the crop top today. Not the crop. Top. Yeah, see, I can't, I can't wear a tight shirt around this midsection right now. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna give it a few months before I can, you know, tighten my shirt up a little bit. Well, look, can, you be on, the, you be on the set a lot. So you got a lot of hours on the set. You got a lot of craft services. Well, that's where the creativity sits, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. at the craft service table. Well, in your, in your stomach. <laughs> in your you gotta, stomach. Yeah, you got a padding. You know, you girth. Got true, true, true. So y'all hear his voice. That's my big bro, my home team over here, Mr. Jeff Bird. What's up? What's up? What's up? Right, Brooklyn, New York, in the house. Oh, you physically going Brooklyn. there with it? Oh well, Brooklyn. I'm I'm from Long Island. Yeah. So. Long Island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what what, what exit? Well, off the LIE. Where are you? Where you uh, I'm not. I'm the LIE, Southern State Parkway. Southern State Parkway. So okay. uh, Freeport. Right. I'm not mad at you. Oh, for, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. You and you're in a you're mm-hmm. in a. She in the yeah. decent neighborhood. There's some, there's some, there's some, some African Americans in that <laughs> yeah, area. There's yeah. two or three of them yeah. up there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not too far from, you know, where PE started. Uh-huh. Not too far from. Oh no, yeah, they used to. My dad used to see Flavor Flav on the Long Island Railroad in the morning with that mm-hmm. clock around his. Really? Neck. Yeah, yep. waiting for the train. Yeah, waiting for the train. Yeah. yeah, station. See, that's the new. That's the next movie, man. Straight Outta Compton. Dude, yeah, this, 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 this got to be the PE movie. Got to come. Mm-hmm. Gotta, gotta, gotta get a P movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta do one. That's I think I know somebody who can direct that shit. I, I definitely you know could. I definitely could. If you know, forget Black Panther. I can do the P E movie. I can do the P E movie. I did a few music videos mm-hmm. for for Chuck back in the day, so I could do the P E movie. Definitely. I wow. Like that P. E. Movie. Yeah, you know all the elements too. You know I all do. the people. I know don't them you? all. I know them all. <laughs> Work with Flav. I know all those cats. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. we, well, we need a script. We need a script. Need a script. Yeah. Well, then let's do it. Turn it. Need a script. Knock it out. Let's just do it without the rights. <laughs> Heard it here. Yeah, it's got to get the rights. Okay. BET is good for that. That's tough. Yeah, Suck the, the rights. Right. Well, Chuck D, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. To get the rights well, from Well, Spike from has him. to be involved somehow, yeah. some way. And beautifully, yeah. I've worked with Spike. That's right. That's your cousin. Right. So you know that guy. So <laughs> we could work that out. Well, then it's happening then. It's done. You heard it here first, people. Yeah. You heard it here first. Now, ten years from now, (laughs) when it gets made, because we all know Hollywood, and people will be like, "PE doesn't that mean physical education?" (laughs) Yes, is that what this movie's about? (laughs) Dodgeball in that ninth film by Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So y'all hear him? That's my man, Jeff Bird here. So Jeff, um, let's just go back and tell the kids. You know, you started to say you grew up in Brooklyn. Yes. You know, let's tell the kids where you're from, how you got into the game. Uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, and um, I started out, you know, I was playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which, which position you play? I, I was a middle linebacker, actually. Okay. And I was, you know, I played junior high, high school, mm-hmm. and then got like, a scholarship to go to college. And in college, you know, when you're when you're an athlete mm-hmm. in college, and you you know, and they ask you, oh, you, your only interest is, is athleticism, it's mm-hmm. football, whatever you're playing, basketball, whatever you're playing. What's your major? And everybody says. Communications. That's every. <laughs> that's like the blanket sports major. True, true. For everyone, because mm-hmm. you don't, you know, because communications is so wide and varied. Mm-hmm. No one knows really what that is. So you just go, oh yeah, communications. So that was that was my major. My major uh-huh. was communications, and I ended up getting a concussion. Will Smith I ended up getting yeah, a concussion. Happened to you? Huh? Happened to me. Ended up getting a concussion, and um, I remember. What happened? I was because I was one of those crazy middle linebackers. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, whenever somebody coach said, don't hit that guy because mm-hmm. he's, you know, 
leg tackle him because you can't go head up with him. And I'm like, oh, you talking? I'm crazy. You don't say that to me. That's the first thing I'm going to do then. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Okay. That's exactly what happened. We were playing like this best fullback in the division and I went head up and boom. All you heard was this big crash in the whole stadium. And, hmm. and then, you know, he got up, but I did not get up. Yeah, you one of them people, huh? <laughs> yes. And I woke up later in the like in the uh them taking me to the hospital wow and you were out yes and worse than that is the one thing that made ended my football career was i remember going to get a cat scan and then the doctor talking to the coach mm-hmm. and he said okay and he, he and i was over to off to the side a little bit and i guess they didn't want me to hear he said mm-hmm. well you guys got to keep him awake for 48 hours so it's not brain swelling, mm-hmm. and if there is, we have to bring mm-hmm. him in and drill some holes to. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, "Yo, <laughs> I'm standing up." I was like, "That is crazy." <laughs> I was like, and then the whole team took turns keeping me up for 48 hours, and then wow. I go back, and then my brain, you know, had, the swelling had gone down. Mm-hmm. That was it. No more football for me. I was, yeah. I was like, yeah. you know what? This is ridiculous. No yeah. way. No, we don't mm-hmm. have to tell me twice. I'm <laughs> so you, so you related to Will Smith in that? No, movie, I love, I love that movie, and I relate to him. I'm, I, I actually think he should have got nominated. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. for an Oscar. Oscar's yeah, so white. I didn't say it. That's a conversation for another podcast. Yes, yeah, yes. for I agree. sure. But I'm just saying he should have, he should have got nominated. Mm-hmm. But okay, whatever. Um, so then I decided to focus on my communications part okay. of my life, and mm-hmm. that's what I did. So I, I, at the school, I started you know, picking up cameras and editing and doing mm-hmm. a few things. And now, were you always interested in films and TV and shit? Kind of, sort of. I mean, it started out when I was a kid with my dad. You know, we used to watch TV, mm-hmm. and my dad would always point out stuff, and he'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, you see that? Oh, you see this? And I remember one day we were watching some talk show, mm-hmm. and um, the guy went up into the the stands. Mm-hmm. So he went up into the, the stands with the people. And I remember the camera followed him. Mm. And when the camera followed him, it, w- it went past another guy, uh, a black guy who was on the other camera. And he mm. was holding the camera. And I remember looking at it going, you know, that's kind of cool. It looked like a cool thing. Because the camera back then was yes. a big right, thing. Right, right, right. It was, it was like a beast. Yeah, huge. And I remember it looked kind of cool. And I asked my father, I said, what did he do? He said, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a cameraman guy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, what is that? He controls the camera. So what we're seeing is he controls that. And I was like, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I heard, all I heard was camera, which was cool. And then I heard control. He controlled that. And mm-hmm. I thought that was cool, too, to be in control of something. And, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and that's what kind of stuck. And then as I you know, grew up and then when I start, stopped playing football, I remember me and my dad used to go get haircuts way before the dreadlocks. <laughs> we would go get haircuts together. And I remember when I was, um, you know, I, I drove, drove back to New York and went and got a haircut because mm-hmm. I was in school in New Jersey. Went and got a haircut together. And we walking down the street and there was a film crew shooting something. Okay. And I remember there was one, one black guy on the film crew. And <laughs> it's my always dad, my one, dad, yeah, one black guy. <laughs> So my dad said, go, you know, you want to work in the film business, go talk to that guy. I was like, but dad, I don't, you know, I don't know what to say. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to work in the film business? Go talk to that guy. I love his dad. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that's, a, New, that's a New York parent right yeah. now. You should have your dad yeah. come in. He's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a stand. Oh, he'd love it. He'd love mm-hmm. to come in. He's like, I'm gonna stand right here and you go talk to that guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. He made me too. He's like, I'm not moving. So you go talk to that. <laughs> nice. So I had to go up there, walked up, talked to the guy. Said, Hey, listen, I'm trying to, you know, get in the film business, and, mm-hmm. you know. And his name was Charles Houston, hmm. and he was Spike Lee's gaffer. Oh, okay. And at the time, they were shooting, and I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a bad word to say on your show now, but at the time, they were shooting inserts for the Cosby Show. And huh. that's and that it ain't bad word for my show. Here, so okay, I don't okay. give a fuck. <laughs> so they were shooting, <laughs> they were shooting inserts for the Cosby Show, and he said, "Look, I can't hire you on this, but I'm Spike Lee's gaffer, and we're doing a movie. So just here's a phone number. Call mm-hmm. him and make you an intern or something, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Go in for an interview. 
Boom. So that's what I did. And wow. Sure enough. Wow. They said, oh, come oh, on in. because your dad said. Yeah. Oh, because my dad made me. Better go over there and talk yes. to this guy. Yes. And Look remember, at that. Listen up, dads. Yes. <laughs> and, mom, and moms, and moms too. too. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, mom was supportive of it, too. Mom was very supportive of it. Mom mm. and dad. My mom did been together for, they're, they're in 54 years now of marriage. Let me ask oh, you a wow. question. Let me ask you a question. Now, your neighborhood. Now, did you grow up kind of. Middle class, did you grow up in the hood, in the projects? Like, what was your life like, just out of curiosity? Um, it was uh, twofold. So basically, where we lived in Brooklyn, it was um, in the middle of a white neighborhood, so to speak, East 15th Street in okay. Sheepshead Bay. We were really close to, like, um, close to Coney Island. Okay, but we lived on a we lived in a, we lived on you weren't far from where we lived then. <laughs> okay, we lived yeah. on a block. And we you know we had a house, mm-hmm. but but it wasn't like a nice super nice house. But it mm-hmm. was it was a regular sure. middle class home, which was great. And but our block was the black block in that neighborhood. Okay. We were surrounded by like Italians. Okay, and so in order to get to your house, you had to go through all this Italian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we'd get chased home a lot and, you know, called the <laughs> N-word a lot. But once we got on our block, we were cool. We were like, yeah, what up? And they'd, and they'd, <laughs> and they'd go they the other direction. They, they would go around. They would go uh-huh. there. Once we made it there, we knew we were safe yeah, and they yeah, would stop yeah. the chase. So, um, I, I guess I guess I would say, yeah, I guess I was raised pretty, I, uh, I was, I was only class. I, I guess I was only asking because I grew up... Um, because we lived, in, I was born in Detroit, then we lived, then we moved to Brooklyn when I was two mm-hmm. until I was like seven, like similar, okay, close yep. to where you were. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think I went up to like, I went to like PS 195 or some shit. Okay, I went to 254. You know what I mean? Okay, I, I don't know what the fuck that is. I went to PS 156. Laurelton, Queens. Mm, Laurelton! But yeah. where I was going, though, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is something interesting is when we moved to the Bay and I grew up in Palo Alto, but on the east side, mm-hmm. right? And, um, so, like in my neighborhood, I was the only kid I knew who was my age who had his own, who had a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. You had a mom and you had a dad. Yep. You know what I mean? And usually the dad mm-hmm. was in prison. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anybody. So I'm always like I so agree. excited when I meet another dude who had the mom and their dad and they were yep. so supportive. You know what I mean? So, I agree. I agree. It's, it's rare, sadly. Yeah. It is very mm-hmm. rare in, in our community. So it's a, it's a sad thing. But yes, mom and dad were always there together. Cool, cool. And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, it wasn't like. We were in the projects, although we used to go to the projects quite a bit because I had mm-hmm. family there. But we weren't like born and raised there. So, mm-hmm. but there was a a, a, a a certain amount of access. Obviously, sure. and my high school was right across the street from the project, so okay. you always have to walk through there. I knew all the kids from there. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, you're right. It's interesting that whole dynamic mm-hmm. and how that either forms, you know, how you are as you grow up, or you know. And and informs you about other people, Definitely. you know, around you. So it's 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 interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I went and I did that, and I went and had the interview mm-hmm. over at Forty Acres Interview, which was mm-hmm. Spike's company. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really an interview. Basically, I, 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 my dad said, "Okay, put on a suit, go, you know, get this job." <laughs> put yeah. on a suit. That's so East Coast. He's like, "So East Coast." Go in there and get this job, right? So I'm thinking I'm going for a job interview, and I'm going over there. I got my suit on. Mm-hmm. As soon as I walk through the door. You know, they're like, okay, you know, grab that box, follow us, grab this here. So they literally start oh, they just all, put you all to work. Put yeah. you to work. As yeah. soon, soon as it walked in, the door. in the suit. and I'm, I'm working in my suit. They did not care I was in my suit. They were like, whatever, man, just just grab that box, follow us this way, do uh-huh. that thing, and then because we got shit to do. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like we got, you know, if you're here, you're one of the interns, right? So yeah, so start grabbing stuff. And all the interns were looking at me like, why are you wearing a suit? What are you doing? What did you think you were coming to? I was like, I didn't know. My dad said, but at least you could take the jacket off and then I did take that off, and it's funny because I guess my parents thought I was going to be there for like an hour or two and come back <laughs> i was there for the whole day okay. and and then came back and i will sweat it up the suit sweat it up the shirt you know so that's that kinda, was his best sunday suit. yeah, yeah that was my sunday suit. Yeah. that was my sunday suit. One, that huh? was my sunday suit man and my dad said wear that suit 
because that's the one that's going to get you the job. The so is your dad getting a cut of your residuals now? Because it sounds like <laughs> my dad gets a cut of everything. My mom and dad are in uh, North Carolina right now. Oh, they, we're in North Carolina. They, um, Winston Salem. Oh, oh it's, nice. I hear it's a great area. Yeah, yeah it's, nice. it's a great it's nice. area. So, so, they, so, they, so they left Brooklyn for North Carolina. Yes, a lot of like I moved them out of Brooklyn and sent them back to North Carolina when because my uh, my grandparents, my grandmothers were left alive and they and they were. They were still alive, so mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that they had the time. It was right after nine eleven, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and we moved them out and moved them back to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was uh, in Jackson Heights, and then eventually we moved her down to uh, Durham. Oh, really? Durham? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that whole my, Raleigh Durham. They That's all went I'm... to Duke. Mm-hmm. Like that entire ah. side of my family went to Duke. So okay, well, you would be you'd probably be um, uh, fight your 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 family would be fighting with my dad because they went to Duke. My dad went to uh, um, uh, South Carolina State. Mm. Uh, he went to South Carolina. But isn't that weird? He went from North Carolina to South Carolina State. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, That's odd, you, isn't it? I was like, why'd you do that, Dad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to have his dad on because I'm curious about like, yeah, what his life is. Yeah. Yeah. What did Work he do? Yeah, no, no, my pop was serious, man. My pop mm-hmm. was a serious dude and he did not uh, suffer fools. Lightly. You know, I love that expression. I love that expression. Laziness was not an option. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let me ask you this because. My parents were born, raised in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and they were a black couple. They went to Southern University, got their degrees, but there was no work for them down in the, mm. in the South at that time. Mm-hmm. So they were part of that migration up mm-hmm. North. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's were you? It was similar with your parents. Yep. They grew up in the South, and then yep. they said, "Okay, my we got to ride a mule to school." What? Whoa. North yeah. Carolina. My what? mom used to ride. My mom. Yeah. My mom is from Eden, North Carolina. My dad is from Winston. They real country. And wasn't yes, it? and my mom used to ride a mule to school. Literally, we had that that <laughs> picture of her on this mule. That's, uh, that's epic. And yeah. she would do that. But yeah, they 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 came. My dad um went to the the military, and then he went to um, what you call it. Then he, he went to the military, and then he moved to Brooklyn, which nobody else was doing. No other people. No other people in his family. No other folks. They were like. Everybody was okay, North Carolina, and they stayed there. So all my aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. they're all still in North Carolina, and they never left. They didn't go north like my mom and dad. But um, but mom and dad, for some reason, I guess I guess you're right. I guess the whole migration thing. I guess they they felt the need to um, experience something different. Right. You know, not that being in North Carolina is bad, and not that staying where you were born and raised is bad. But I guess they felt the need for something different and, you know, moved. moved but that moved, sort of informs, moved, moved you know, how they raised you, too, because they came from. North. We had, yeah, we had very little, or at least my parents said, we had very little. We It, it was segregation. Yes. Now you're here in New York, you have opportunities, so you're going to school. Yes. You're going to have your act together. Yes. You're going to be respectful. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are instilled in you. And Yes. Make your bed every morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So said, that's military too, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that's military. My dad was big on that. He Army was, my dad was in the Air Force. Air Force. Air Force. Oh, Air Force. So she gets that. I was in the Air Force. My dad, my dad was in the Air Force, and so so it's like it's Dang. amazing. Like even to this day, <laughs> I can't get out of my bed without me. I got to make my bed literally. Right me too. After, right? I can't do it. I can't do I, it. I can't just leave it there. Like, it's like I can't go to sleep without taking a shower. I don't know how people just go to bed. It's, it's like, a, you didn't it's wash your ass for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like it when people look at me funny for that. Really? Yeah. That's what you get. You, get. you shouldn't be smelling like yesterday. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, though. Like, I, don't, I don't like it when people, when I want to take a shower before bed, people are like, why? You're just going to waste water. You got to get up and do it again in the morning. And I'm like, and? <laughs> exactly. That means you don't What's wash your sheets enough. That's What's the problem. What's the problem with that? <laughs> anyway. That's terrible. So, so basically, so let's go back. So mm-hmm. you so you got the internship at yes. at 40, 40 acres. 40 acres. Mm-hmm. So Trev, so you were there in the height. I was. Of, of, I worked of on Spikes stuff, right? Uh, yeah, Mo Better Blues, Jungle mm-hmm. Fever, Malcolm X. 
Wow. And all the music videos and commercials and stuff in between. Okay. So I was like full time, 40 acres, doing okay. pretty much. Do, doing what? Yeah, like what, tell, tell people like what kind of duties. Anything like drive Spike because he had no driver's license. So we mm-hmm. all had to take turns driving him wherever he needed to go. Oh, ah, okay. So and you got to really know him then. Like, yeah, yeah. But luckily we didn't have to, we, we, we drive his car. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. So, he, <laughs> uh, so you, you know. have you have no driver's license, but you own cars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's like New York. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He had like two Range Rovers. So. Mm-hmm. We'd get to drive his car and drive him in his car. But, and, and he wouldn't sit in the back. He'd sit right in the front seat. So yeah, it's not yeah. like he was like at, treating us mm-hmm. like chauffeurs or something. He would sit right next <laughs> like to me. Like y'all in Uber and shit. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. He would literally sit right next to me while we drove. And then but he never got his license. I wonder, does he have a license to this day? I'm just curious. I, I, you know, I wonder. don't think he does. That's so New York. I don't, I don't think so he does. Not to have a license because so the public trans, you can public get it trans, Exactly. Before he was a big director, he was taking the trains. And then once he became a director, he was like, okay, I can have people drive for so, me. So let me just ask That's you, since both of you guys have that New York, yes, Jersey thing, is it, is it is Brooklyn more an area where you no, drive no, no, more? You said, did you is say New one? York, Jersey thing? She uh, Jersey. No, I'm Long Island. Oh, New sorry. New York, New York. Same thing. But I heard, I was like, no, no Jersey. No Jersey. I went to school in New Jersey. Not that we have anything against New Jersey. Okay, Long Island, New York. Brooklyn. Long yeah. Island and Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Is 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 the areas you guys live in more places where people would drive? Is that why you know how to drive and like Spike doesn't? Long Island, so you need yes. a, you need Long a car Island, more. And in my sure. and in my area, I just you know what I just like driving. The train. Okay. The, the, we lived our house was literally right behind a train track, so mm-hmm. the trains would go by. We would have to literally like you know we got used to it. So mm-hmm. people come over and they'd be like, "How do you guys sleep with the trains? We we didn't even hear the trains. Okay. Literally right, right behind the back of the house. The mm-hmm. whole train right. tracks, everything was right there." So I had no excuse. I just wanted to drive. I thought driving was was uh, um, mm. a sense of just you know being free and you mm-hmm. know uh, uncontrolled by waiting on a schedule. So okay, I'm just curious. By, by my sisters love the train. I I just love driving, and I always mm-hmm. got, I remember when I first got some money, I bought a car. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm getting a car. I like, heard okay, that. Where are you gonna park it? I was like, I don't know. Around the block, <laughs> but I'm getting a car. It just made me feel independent mm-hmm. to have yeah. a car. And Long Island is, is just it's more suburban, so everyone has the two car garage, and mm-hmm. you drive more. Just, okay. We just don't have the buses and trains. The, we don't have the subways out there. Mm-hmm. It sort of ends at Queens. Mm-hmm. Well, they got the LIRR. But yeah, it's, it's but it's, un- I mean, it'll take you into the city, so you can mm-hmm. then get on the subway yeah, type got deal. It, got it, got it. It's a little unreliable at times. LIRR. It is what it is. <laughs> you know. The tree falls and you forget about it. You're not going nowhere. LIRR. <laughs> Shut down for the day. Yeah. You're like, okay. So you got to drive. Plus, I wanted to go to the mall and that, you know, because in my practices, and mm-hmm. so I had to have, my, I had to have a car. thing, yes. Yeah. See, see, that's independence. Car's independence. Yeah. So you're at Spike's place. Yes. So you guys doing Mo Better Blues, Jungle yes. Fever, and, yes. the, and uh, Malcolm X. Yes. So are you, are you finding yourself moving up in position? Yes. What I was and, doing did was... You, and you clearly moved from intern to a paid position at some point. Yes, I did. Okay. And it, it took a while, but yes, mm-hmm. I did. And um, see, what that was interesting was... because. I, you know, a lot of people call it Spike University mm-hmm. because you kind of figure out what it is you want to do okay. there. Because you do every position at some point. You right? can, yes, you can move around, you mm-hmm. can figure it out. You can say, oh, I want to work in the lighting department, oh, I want to be a grip. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can be an intern there. Funny thing about that was with Spike, especially during that time, during that era, mm-hmm. it was it, in New York, it was highly charged. It was highly charged and highly racial. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening was Spike was like the really the first black director that the city kind of had to deal with. Okay. You know, like in a real way, mm-hmm. and you know, and and, and and no no disrespect to Gordon Parks and stuff, sure. you know, with you know with Shaft and everything like that, but for for New York to have to deal with Spike in a in, in a consistent 
way mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm doing a film this year, and I'm doing a film next year, and I'm doing a film the year after that, and I'm doing this, and then in between that, I'm doing this commercial for Michael Jordan, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. this commercial for this person. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a real, it was a real thing. He's bringing and, money into and, the city. Exactly. And, and, right. and, and, and they were like, oh, okay, great. And most of Spike's crews were, you know, you had to deal with the professional folks, and most of them were white. Mm-hmm. So, but Spike was very smart. Spike's like, okay, so listen, I'm going to start this internship program, right? Hmm. And the interns are going to work under, under these guys. And they're going to learn their jobs. Mm-hmm. And then next year, and then they're going to go and pass the union test. Mm-hmm. And then next year, really? they're mm-hmm. going to replace another mm-hmm. guy. So, uh, no, like, uh, a grassroots. It's a grassroots there movement. There was this yeah. whole thing that was happening. And I remember, you know, he had to have security, the FOI, mm-hmm. Fruit of Islam was there, so protecting mm-hmm. him because he got death threats. And mm-hmm. people were like, you know, oh, you can't do that. He's like, well, actually, I'm going to do it. And there's nothing you can do to stop mm-hmm. me. And that's what's going to happen. Either you can get along and join on board and be on the right side of history, mm-hmm. or you're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. And if you try to come down and do anything on my set, the fruit of Islam will kick <laughs> your ass. I don't, I don't think you're going to make it. And, you know, and that's what ended up happening. And mm-hmm. I remember being on set because I chose to get into lighting because I wanted mm-hmm. to be a DP at the time. I wanted, okay. I wanted, uh, you know, and I, so I used to work a lot under Ernest Dickerson, mm-hmm. who was also now a director. Mm-hmm. And, Ernest know, directed me in his, one of his first things he ever did. It went out back when I was an actor. Go that <laughs> Ernest, er, er, love Ernest, love, love, Ernest. love Ernest, man. Let me tell you something. Ernest is, you know, er, Ernest, one of those guys is like doubly talented because mm-hmm. to me, I always tease him about this. Like he was the best cinematographer ever for Dude. for Browns. Yeah. Every time yeah. we watch Walking Dead, this yeah. motherfucker directing yeah. like he's the this motherfucker yeah. right he's here. He's the best <laughs> cinematographer ever. If you look, if you go and look back, and mm-hmm. I love Bradford Young. Right, love Bradford, but if you go and look back at Malcolm X, Mo Betta, mm-hmm. look at the even 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 um, school days. Mm-hmm. Look at the the richness mm-hmm. in the skin quality, mm-hmm. and look at look at the look at the lighting, look at the the the, the color choices, mm-hmm. look at the mm-hmm. look at the lens choice. That's mm-hmm. all. Ernest. Yes. Ernest okay. did all that stuff. I was yeah. there. Ernest was that dude, mm-hmm. and it's just amazing. And I love Bradford, but Ernest is as a DP. Ernest was the baddest thing walking, mm-hmm. baddest black DP walking. It's, and sometimes I get sad that he's not. A DP anymore, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that he's like a walking encyclopedia. Yes, of, yeah. of, of gels and lenses, right. and, and lights. And I mean, what, I'm always amazed by those guys that can walk in a room, look at it, take it in, and be like, "Okay, I need this gel. I need, yep. I need a 10K. Mm-hmm. I need this," yep. and, and just start calling out things. That's and Ernest, just right off the top. And, wow, Ernest. I love you. That is yeah. Ernest. Mm-hmm. He could do that, and in his sleep, and I was so impressed by that. So that's why I wanted to work in the lighting lighting mm-hmm. department. Plus, I met Charles Houston, who was his oh, gaffer. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stay in this area. But the lighting's going to help you your entire career going forward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you know how fast a DP can move or if he's telling if he's bullshit. <laughs> and you get that. That's going to take 10 hours of light. And you, that get, you get that setups suck away your day. Yes. You know, it's not so do. much the actors doing the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's a setup. The setups. Yes. Yep. yep. The setups too. So it's so I, I got into that side. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just it was just an interesting era to work in. With Spike and to see him make those, not that this era is any different. He's just mm-hmm. a different version of himself from back then. Obviously, he's older. So, but the revolutionary that he was back then, and then working with Denzel, mm-hmm. and then watching that whole process between him and Denzel mm-hmm. was amazing. You know, from Mo, Ble- Mo Betta to you know um, Malcolm, mm-hmm. it was just amazing. Definitely. You know, to see you know the Mo Betta Denzel mm-hmm. and then the Malcolm X mm-hmm. Denzel, mm-hmm. what he brought to the table on both things, mm-hmm. and how he kind of and how Spike managed all that. You know, because Denzel's a big personality. Mm-hmm. He's a big, he's a big mm-hmm. human, and you know to have to manage and direct that, especially since he's got a lot of experience and he's you know been mm-hmm. you know been around a lot of directors and what directing is. So 
you have to really kind of mm-hmm. you know manage that with mm-hmm. an actor, especially an A list actor. You have to well, we'll have really to get into that, that later on because I'm curious to that. That's a yeah. good idea. It's, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so so the Spike the Spike University was to me was essential in my uh, formulating of who I was or who I am as a director, mm-hmm. and also it helped me become a director because what ended up happening, how I became a director was, is also back in the day of music videos and. All when we watched them, right? right. Them. Oh, yeah. We actually, oh. actually yeah. played them on TV. It was required, like after school, yes. it was required mm-hmm. viewing. Like Yo MTV Raps yep. and um, I, you yep. grew up near McDaniel's. Video Music Box. Video Music Box, Video yes. Music box. <laughs> yes. Video Music Box yes. with Ralph. Which yeah. was on UHF channels. Yeah, like, Video Music Box with Ralph. I worked with them. People don't know what those are anymore. So we had a yep. dial on TV or you know, you had, you had to put it on UHF and it was like yep. in the mm-hmm. 50s. You had to find mm-hmm. it. Yes. You literally had to find it. Like that and And he was in some little studio. It looked like it was. It was what we would call cable access now, yes. probably. What it looked like he was in a closet, yeah. actually. Yeah. Video <laughs> music box, yes. Video mm-hmm. music box. And so what ended up happening was a lot of my friends got record deals. Oh, okay. And they were like, you know, they're looking, grabbing rappers off the mm-hmm. street. They're like, oh, get you, you get a deal, and you get a deal. Everybody, mm-hmm. that's like the Oprah scenario. As long as you got a couple bars, yeah, you're good, right? Yeah, you got right? a bars, they were giving people deals. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my boys was like, yo, so Jeff, man, you work for Spike, right? And yeah, so you, look, you should direct my video. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know nothing about being a director. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I do lighting with mm-hmm. Spike. Like, yeah, whatever, man. Just, you know what? Just direct my video. I'm going to call, you know, Russell. We got a, you know, Def Jam deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, you know, you're going to direct the video. I was like, okay. So I remember I went and I talked to Spike. I said, well, mm-hmm. Spike. They want me to direct this music video for them, my boys. Do you think I should do it? And he's like, yeah, you definitely do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, they ain't got no money. But he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Anything you need is in the basement. Just go down to the basement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's mentorship yeah. there. Just take whatever you need from down there. And I was like, That's really? where all your money, like, yeah. that equipment, Jack, that'll so get you. He, That's where that internship he, came yes. in. He let me have access to everything in the 40 Acres basement. Really? And, like, for real. And I was like, wow. I was like, hey, you know, I have to you know, bring this back. He's like, nah, 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 go. Hmm. Just let me see the video when it's done. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And I ended up using a lot of the 40 Acres crew to shoot the video. We ended okay. up shooting it on a weekend from when I was, because during the week I was working with Spike. And mm-hmm. then on the weekend, we didn't do anything. So I said, okay, so look, I'm shooting this video this weekend. Everybody, y'all, mm-hmm. we got want to work on it. Everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. And they mm-hmm. all came down and worked on, <laughs> on the set for the weekend. It was great. So that, so that that production value was reductive. Oh, it was, yeah. it was, it was phenomenal. You and know my, I mean? you know, my friends, everybody was like, "Whoa!" The, the Def Jam people were like, "What? Where are you getting all this stuff? We're <laughs> <laughs> really setting you up to fail." But look at you, yeah. it's great. Right, you right. know, and that's how my directing my music video career started. Okay. And and that and just like that. Because you've done some big people. Let's just I've just the name a lot. Name a couple I've done people. Nas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you did Nostradamus. Yes, I did. I did yes. that video. Yes, that's I did. Shit, right? um, Huge. I got a man. Positive K. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's back. Oh, that was such oh, a good yeah. song. Was, it was yeah. such a good. Hook. What your man got to do yeah. with me? That was one of my first. I got, and the girl was like, "I got a man." Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was one of my first that's ones. Back in the that day. was one of the first like multi-platinum like yes. selling. Yes, I remember that. Yes. And, and, and it, it crossed over a little yes, bit too. Is it in the Guinness Book record? It's in something. Something weird. It must be. It, it, I'm sure. Here, here's here's what I'm gonna put this in perspective. Okay, mm-hmm. there was a little movie that came out this year called Mississippi Grind uh-huh. with Ryan Gosling in it. He quotes that song. Oh yeah, in the movie. <laughs> Ryan. I'm sorry, Ryan Reynolds is in the movie. Ryan Reynolds, yes. Ryan That's Reynolds hilarious. quotes because mm-hmm. he goes up That's to a girl hilarious. at a at a casino. He's trying mm-hmm. to talk his way in, mm-hmm. and it's a little it's a little black girl behind the counter. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, I can't let you in. And he's like, so why don't you meet me? You know, you got him. And she's like. I got a man. And he's like, what's your man got to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> it was just so interesting to hear Ryan Reynolds say oh, that. Oh, Mississippi Grind, that. That, that was like, that's like my indie pick of the year. I, love, I, I saw that film too. I love that film. I love that film. It was an unexpected ending too. Yeah. I love that movie. So yeah, so I, you know, I started the videos and then it ended up turning into bigger videos and bigger videos. And I was with, it's funny you bring up Ralph. 
So I was signed over to, I started out with this other company called Shoot to Drop with Marcus Rayboy and and a few other people. And then I got signed to Classic Concept, which mm-hmm. was owned by Ralph McDaniels mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Lionel Martin. And so it was like myself, Lionel Martin, director, Ralph was directing there, and Hype Williams. Mm. Oh, and, Hype Williams and, did and, a lot of those videos. It was, it, was, it was the four of us. And man, and, and me and Hype were like the young bucks, mm-hmm. and Ralph sure. and Lionel were like the you know the old veterans. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because you know Hype and I were always, and when we weren't working on videos, we weren't directing our own videos. We would AD or or and Hype would do um uh, he would he would do art he'd be the art director for us. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. oh, that's huge. why he's got that mm-hmm. style. Yes. He always had because Lionel like was that. huge back in the day. Lionel used to do all the Boys to Men videos. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he would do all like New Edition. He would mm-hmm. do all. He had it on lock. Okay. Lionel had every single black artist R&B on lock back then. And that was, the, I mean, that was a heyday. A lot, I mean, New Edition yeah. had that Heartbreak Tour. They, were, yes. I mean, they made a ton of money. He did BBD. Oh, yeah. He did yeah. Poison. Yes. All those BBD videos, oh, Lionel okay. directed those. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was like, we were, on a, we were on a set literally like every two or three days. We were on someone on his mm-hmm. set doing something. And so, how can, how can you not learn from the oh, no, right? oh, constant so much. repetition? You learn so much. Mm-hmm. It's film school. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You learn so much. It was so great. And I mean, it was ah, you know, you you look back and you think, oh, was I present to that? I, I should have really been <laughs> present more. Because we were having so much fun that I don't know if I was really present. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. And they were historic at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? And yeah. then look back on them now. Oh, it was so great. So mm-hmm. then I went from doing videos. Well, I well I met F. Gary Gray in New York. He came to shoot a video okay. in New York. And I remember I used to hate LA. I used to hate it here. Mm-hmm. I used to be like, oh, LA. I, I, I get it. I get oh. that. Because you're a New Yorker. And yes. I, I totally understand where you come from. Because I have that <laughs> I feeling to, I quite, quite often. I used to hate it. I'd be like, oh, it's quite often. Mm-hmm. And I, whenever, yeah. I, whenever I had to come out here and do a video, I would come out here and then go back to New York and sweep the box. I, I totally <laughs> understand. Sweep the box. I'd be like, me. okay, I'm going to come out here and shoot you one. You miss the cold. You miss the elements. You know, yeah, you like, miss the, the grittiness, the, the reality. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, I'm out of here. So, but, but then I was talking to F. Gary on set one time. And he's like, you know, Jeff, you should, you know, you should, um, Moved to LA, you should come direct over at this company I'm at, FM Rocks. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm gonna talk to somebody. <laughs> so then he goes back to LA. He was, I think he was in New York shooting a, a heavy D video. He was in New York shooting a heavy D Another video. Another one. I just yeah, know. he was shooting a heavy D video and I came down to the set. And my sister, um, Tracy Twinkie Bird, is a casting director. She's a mm-hmm. casting director now, and she was casting that video. So she was there. And that's how I came, that's how I came down to the set and met him. And and then so he gets back to LA. I guess he talks to one of the owners of the company. Mm-hmm. And so I get a call from the owner of FM Rocks. He's like, listen, listen um, we're interested in you coming out here to L.A. And, and directing for us. I was like, well, you know, I'm already over here at, 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 at Classic Concept. I don't, you know, I think I'll stay. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, we'll pay you. What do they give you there? And at the time, they wouldn't give me nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah. you're here. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. He's like, look, we'll give you whatever it is. Look, we'll, 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 we'll give you a stipend and, you know, we'll give you an apartment. Okay. I was like, That's what wow. you're talking about. I was like, really? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Can't I, say no. I was like, I don't know. I don't really like LA. You know, I don't have no way to get around. You gotta have mm. a car. He's like, oh, we'll we'll buy a car. Okay. I was like, what I'm talking about. I was like, oh, um, oh, no more I don't like your career. Already. You know, I was like, I, and, and yeah. I was still trying to fight it. I was still. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'll just give it six months. I'll come out there. I will give it six months. Don't don't do anything permanent. Just, just you know, lease me a place and, and a car, and I'll just come out there and see what it was like. So I flew out and I. Mm. Never left since. <laughs> yeah. And literally, this, this is back when they were doing those million dollar videos. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and and, and like, it was a event programming. It was like, event damn. programming on MTV because mm-hmm. you would. It was. Yes. They would slot times like here's the premiere of the new Nas video. Here's right. the premiere of the new. Yep. You know, heavy D video. Right. Like, yep. Those were 
Yeah. I remember big. that was huge time. Yeah. I remember we did the Nas video. They played it. They showed it on the Jumbotron down in um, Times Square at TRL, Carson yeah. Daly. Oh, mm-hmm. I used to go to TRL and all the time. I remember that like it was yesterday. They was like, oh, it, world premiere, like I said, it was event TV. World premiere, the Nas Diamonds video, and it was it was huge. I was like, oh, this is great. I, lo- I loved video. The, the heyday of video was great. And yeah. I, and at FM Rocks at the time, uh, who was signed there, was myself. It mm-hmm. was uh, obviously F. Gary Gray, Paul Hunter. Tim Story. Oh, Tim Story was there. Um, Chris Erskine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember who else was there. Oh, Albert Watson. The great cinematographer Albert Watson was okay. there with us. And, I mean, it was a, it was a great era. It was mm-hmm. a great era to mm-hmm. be a, a director during that time period. Now, the sad part about it is you had to really be mindful of the fact that this era is going to end like yeah. anything else. Yeah. But a lot of people were mindful don't feel, of that. you don't think it's going to. Uh, no, a lot of people were mindful of that. Like everybody was like, oh, this is going to just keep going forever. Mm. We're always, no, 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 no. <laughs> just stash your pennies away. No kids. way. Either that, stash your pennies away, or at least find yourself something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Advance start, your career. Start producing, bitch. Doing, advance your career and mm-hmm. do like, you know, start shooting some narrative stuff because a lot of us figured we just keep doing music videos mm-hmm. so no reason to shoot you know, even commercials. Some of us didn't even do commercials. We just made money off of music videos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back, if I could change anything, I would have loved to have, you know, raised that alarm or flew that flag a lot Way harder, a lot harder than I flew it mm-hmm. for, for friends of mine who were in the business and, and now I don't even know where they are. So oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's sad. It's a, it's a sad thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, and that's even from the music side because A&R is basically a I know a lot of friends of mine who are in A&R who don't have a job now because that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And now, like you said right. before, it's like people ask, what's that? What's yeah. A&R? I think, I think these kids these days don't even know what A&R is. No. They don't even know what, what that, what, you know, they, they, don't, they don't even have a point of reference for it. Yeah, they go in garage band mm-hmm. and make a little song. Exactly. Yeah. They put it on the internet, they, they get a million hits and like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. No reason for A&R. <laughs> exactly. if, you have, if you have that much access directly to your audience, there's no reason for A&R. Exactly. So it's, wow, it's scary. You're mm-hmm. right. You just hit the nail on the head. They do not even understand what that is mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So, and so, I, so for me, I transitioned by doing a short film. And I said, you know what? This is not going to last forever. So I figured, you know, let me do this short film. Let me enter some of these film festivals. You wrote that one. Did you write that one? Yes, I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-wrote it, and um, it won like every black film festival in town. Mm-hmm. And I, what was that called again? It. It's called Breakdown. Breakdown. Mm-hmm. It's called Breakdown, and I won. So with Eric, was that What's your that? writing partner? Eric George. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So there. So what happened with that was, for me, and I got Vanessa Williams to star in it. And for me, with that film, it was like, I figured, you know what? I was shooting a music video down mm-hmm. at. Um, 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 Penn Station mm-hmm. down at the, I mean, uh, uh, what's called station down there? It's, it's Penn Station, New York. What's the station here? Oh, the, oh that, that Union, the station. Union Station. Yeah, yeah. 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 doing New York. So look at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> you got me thinking about New York so much now. No, it's Union Station downtown. So I was shooting a music video for some R&B artist down there. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I said, oh, this would be a great location to shoot something. So I remember we, we, we wrote this quick short film mm-hmm. um, based on like a, the, a, an experience I had. Um, Traveling across country with my then girlfriend <laughs> um, on a bus. We were mm-hmm. traveling on a bus. She wanted to take a bus from for mm. whatever reason. She wanted to take a bus <laughs> from New York to Atlanta. Oh, oh dear! Worst oh. ever. Oh dear! It was the worst the ever experience. I was like, I was like, man, why did you have to this? sit in the back too? It was ridiculous. I mean, how bad this it was the bus worst. ride? And it was so bad, and also the, the places where you have to stop, and mm. like, yeah. it was the worst ever. It's got to be like thirty hours. On and I had bus. a car. And I'm saying, why do we have to take a bus? I can drive you. She's mm. like, no, let's take the bus. Uh. You know, we can bond. We can, uh. you know. And we were going for a funeral. Somebody in her family had. 
had died, so she mm. really wanted to be consoled on the mm-hmm. on the ride. Mm-hmm. And it, we only did it one way because I said we're not taking the bus back. <laughs> so I flew us back because mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. But it, you know, the the short was kind of loosely based on our experience on this okay. bus ride, or or being in a like it was bus a day. personal story. Yeah, know. it was kind of personal, mm-hmm. but then I turned it into a thriller. So sure. it started out personal, <laughs> then it became this thriller. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things. And that ended up winning all the black festivals okay. that probably I could name. It's probably won every single one of those. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm ABFF correct. and yeah, all ABFF, that. Mm-hmm. Urban World, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Pan-African, mm-hmm. all, all of them. San Diego Black Film Festival. I just put it everywhere and it, and it oddly enough, won everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting uh, HBO, a deal at HBO um, based on winning the ABFF. And that was for two years, which was great. I mm-hmm. love that, and I got paid. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like you know, it, it was great. I, I I don't think any festival has that now because it was the most insane thing ever for them to give hmm. the right. winner of the short film for a short, right, right, right. Yeah, for right. Short. right. So your prize is a deal. That's nothing but potential. Yeah. Your prize yeah. is a deal yeah. at HBO for two years. Those That's days crazy. are over. Those it's days crazy. are way over. I was yeah. like, what? And, and, and they had to pay you a stipend, so we I ended up getting one hundred twenty thousand dollars from mm-hmm. that because they had to pay you for the mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. So it was like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was like. I, I, it's ridiculous. Did they, they give you office too? Yes, yeah, an office and everything. Wow. Office, yeah, those days are gone. gone. Way gone. I just remember, I just remember rolling up the HBO like woohoo. Right? <laughs> you know, I didn't know anything because I was just young and dumb. Yeah. So I would roll into the president's office at the time. Whoa. President was Colin Calendar. I'd roll in there, sit down, talk to him. Like, yo, what's up? Put my feet up. You know. <laughs> oh man. You know? Wow. And, and, and you know what's so funny? To his credit, Colin Calendar, he was so. Um, like just like taken aback by the fact that I felt so comfortable that, <laughs> that he felt comfortable too. He was mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. Okay, if this guy's gonna walk in here and be this mm-hmm. confident, I'm just gonna have conversation with him. Yeah, and he would like he would order us like cappuccino. We sit there and have like a conversation for 45 minutes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talk about stuff. And I'd go back to my little office down the hall. <laughs> and I didn't know how monumental that was until a couple of the executives started coming in and said, "Were you just sitting in there with Colin?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we have some cappuccino. We're chilling. What's up?" You were sitting in there with Colin, but I don't, <laughs> we're not allowed to do that. You set a meeting? You didn't set a meeting or anything? No. Nah, just you just set went a in there. Yeah. They're like, hey, you Because, I mean, you, you didn't even know the protocols. I know they, zero. They're all stuck zero. in their lanes, yes. and they're like, yeah. we, I you don't. zero yeah. idea of the protocol. Yeah. Zero. Well, look, Jeff, we were just talking earlier with, the, with our previous guest another episode that that is the thing that you have when you don't know that naive, yeah. you know, exactly. well, I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. But as yep. soon as you learn, it's like, how much do you hold yourself back? Because yes. you know the rules. You know the rules. You've been conditioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, is the, that, is, that is 100% the thing. And, and yes, you're right. And it's amazing once we do learn the rules and we go, oh, yeah, all of a sudden everything mm-hmm. is like about, you know, eggshells. And oh, I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. And oh, I shouldn't do that. But when in fact... The reason we got into this business or the reason we made a splash was because we did not give adhere, a, give adhere a, to the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't give a rat's rectum. Mm-hmm. Yep, about the rules. And that's and that was and that was amazing. And and to this day, you know, I can call Colin up or anything. He's back in England now running some other company, mm-hmm. but I can give him a shout because he remembers those days. So what were you writing at HBO? What were you uh, HBO, on? I wrote two scripts. I wrote um, this script called uh, Invictus, which was about um, uh, uh, hazing, uh, mm-hmm. fraternity hazing. And then I also wrote um, uh, the autobiography of um, James Baldwin. What the fuck is up with that script? You know what's funny about that? <laughs> you know what's funny about Are we that? Like, do or what the fuck? I mean, you know what's on, hilarious man? about that script? You know, you talk about it's talk about residuals and, and paying. Mm-hmm. It, it's the funny thing about that is it's it's you know HBO owns it because I wrote it, I developed it there or right there. Okay. And it's funny every time I think I'm going to get it, 
from them mm-hmm. every time I think I'm going to get it and like you know because after a certain amount of time certain yeah. amount of years they have to re-up seven years or some shit they or keep re-upping the doggone thing really? they keep re-upping HBO doesn't want anybody to have anything no. else they can, like, af- they can afford to do yes, that. Yes, they're too. like, you yeah. know what? Yeah. We don't yeah. care. We're not going to make it, but we don't want anybody else to have yeah. it. Yeah. We may not make it just now, yeah. but we don't want nobody else to have it until yeah. we figure out if and when we want to make it. And, and they have like, the money over there to do oh, that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they do. They and have they're the putting money. more and more money into scripted programming, I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. Well, now they're going to put in a lot more money into scripted programming because of the fact that they, you know, got Netflix nipping at their... Right, yeah. right. Netflix and Amazon yep. you know, coming on strong. I want to read Invictus because that's... I mean, that didn't get made, right? Didn't get made. Nope. I mean, I was in a fraternity obviously white mm-hmm. fraternity but sure. the no really I mean hey <laughs> I was you say you, that I, was look at I you know and say, you're a kappa you said <laughs> well, but, but I actually had a couple of friends that that rushed that at Florida State that were in Listen, the black fraternity there are mm-hmm. white guys in yeah. black fraternities so don't you know I'm, if you I'm, can I'm, I'm here you gotta have some swag you gotta know how to but especially in the last like few years, like for, uh, hazing at fraternities yep. went through that whole yes. scrutiny. But mm-hmm. you didn't. The only thing you ever heard about like hazing at, um, at black fraternities or black fraternities, or well, you didn't hear about that. You no. heard about the bands, mm-hmm. the hazing, the step, the the step competition, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's like they, they just weren't being smart. But black fraternities and sororities, because mm-hmm. it happens yep. there too, mm-hmm. not a peep. Like if that doesn't tell you about that community, yes. and about the the strength of will and the mm-hmm. suck it the fuck up, mm-hmm. that's and, I mean, and you don't snitch. Well, we grew up like you that don't. Too. You grew up like that. You yeah, don't, you do not say mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> well, and you know, coming from the military background, mm-hmm. she knows the same thing with mm-hmm. me. Like it's basic. You go through basic training, you do all that stuff. So when I rushed, mm-hmm. I was kind of like. What this is it? This huh? is it? You gonna like you gonna throw sour milk at me or yeah. something? Like, what? That's, that's it. Like that's make us run or something. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah, the hazing yeah. like more for white fraternities and more like drinking, drinking hazing? Well, but see, we don't even. I mean, like it, it not. I mean, I went to Florida State. Uh, we had it, it wasn't a big deal for us. Okay. Like you drank if you drank, but it, like they were very mindful of underage stuff. Oh, okay, and Got especially it. Oh, if you were. Uh, if, especially if you were in a dry fraternity or something like that, you'd be very careful about it. But like, wow, I mean, so how did you guys haze? How'd they haze? Oh uh, well, the people that got caught for stuff would get caught for like peeing on pledges and things. Like, it's terrible. It? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. Like, what do you read my script? Huh? What do you read your script? Huh? The majority of our stuff was just that, like, that like sleepless, like twenty-four. Like you know, you go and you don't. No, nobody. You know, do somebody's homework or like, or, <laughs> you know, you have mandatory study hours because that's how how gimped it was wow, at that point. You I know? love so that. They watered it down. It was a lot, yeah. yeah. I love that. So like, I actually did like, I was asking for like more stuff mm-hmm. while I was there. I was like, give me give me something else to do. Like, this isn't. Can I have like special wow. assignments? Can you like? <laughs> Beat me so oh, you were you were that pledge. Uh, yeah, he was that guy. I was nah, last. Nah, he wanted to he wanted to, you know, be I certified. He wanted to say, no, I went through some shit. Yeah, right, I heard. Don't be looking at me like I'm soft. I went right. through some mm-hmm. shit. Well that whole hazing thing came around after Vietnam because that's yes. what like they, mm-hmm. that brotherhood that they felt felt they could only get that if they they went, went through, through some, some real stuff together. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. like you know coming from the military you're like that's what I want. There's, I there's want a lot of truth to that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to yeah. earn this. I want to know these people are going to be here for me. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that black fraternities killed that white like just knocked that out of the park mm-hmm. and white fraternities you know just it's a, a drinking club well i, th- yes. I think uh, you know this is another topic but i think it might be coming from sorry Greek some class. of the white fraternities mm-hmm. I, I think of a white fraternity i'm thinking of 
they come from money, some of them, that pledge these fraternities. And so yeah, your tolerance, your tolerance yeah. level for pain and suffering is probably lower <laughs> than some kid who comes from the ghetto or the hood. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm at this black fraternity. You can take whatever beating is going to come your way just mm-hmm. a little bit easier. We're all used yeah. to getting stereo- spanked anyway. That's stereotypical, I know. But I mean, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out some reason, right? some reason for it. That is mm-hmm. interesting. That is interesting. Okay. So those, yes, so those, those, are the two, those are the two scripts I developed over there with them. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was a great time. HBO was a it was a great it was a great time. And nothing, nothing, that's another time I think back on and go, was I really present to that? Because I had so much fun mm. during that time period with them. I didn't, I didn't, you know, you think back and I go, well, I should have been really there. Like right now, I'm present yeah. to this table mm. and to this microphone and to, I'm present to you guys. You, you don't learn presence until you have a little years behind. That's, yeah, that's yeah, like you're mature now. You're, you're, behind, you're a lot more start, centered. Like, that is true. You know, you got more responsibilities yeah. now. Yes, that is true. You're young. You're just like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, whatever. Where the bitch is at? Exactly. There's a whole lot of that. Exactly. Um, but yes, so the HBO thing, and then, and then after that, I was still there from Rush for a while, and then I figured, you know what, I gotta, you know, after my short, we had won all the awards. I figured, okay, I gotta do something else. I gotta do like a feature length something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I figured, you know what, let me try and you know make a whole movie. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was going through a really bad at the time. I was going through a really bad breakup <laughs> with my girlfriend. And is this the same one that got this, made you get on the bus? No, that's a different one. Well, she was already <laughs> gone. She was gone. Look at because that was an East Coast girlfriend. Uh-huh. But then I had an LA girlfriend. Oh, play, uh, play, uh, is, you know she was, but but she was you know drop dead gorgeous. But she was also like the bane of my existence. Uh-huh. But you know it's those crazy ones that you end up staying with for yes. the length of time. I was with her for like ten years. Oh my like, god, on and off for like. Like 10 years of craziness. Oh, yeah. Wow. Of just insanity. Yeah, well, you were hooked on the crazy train. I, I must By have then, been. you're just, you're just, you're I'm, on the ride and you're enjoying it. I must have been yeah. just hooked mm-hmm. on the crazy. And I remember me and Eric and I sat down and we were like, oh, man, we got to write about this. This is crazy. You just went through some crazy shit. So mm-hmm. You got to write about it. You got to purge it from you. Mm-hmm. So I ended up writing this script called uh, Book of Love, The Definitive Reason Why Men Are Dogs. <laughs> and it blamed well the, the whole conversation of the subtitle is you know why men are dogs is because of crazy women who okay. make us that way look at me over here I'm totally sane I don't do crazy you know what it's the same women the women that say they're sane that might be a little crazy no I'm I'm so benign <laughs> okay well you say that now alright so I wrote that script and then I remember going okay well, we gotta do this mm-hmm. cause you know those people that write a script and then they go especially about something personal and they never make it Yeah, it was just some stuff <laughs> I, I, like, no, I don't wanna be one of those people that just never makes the film that's mm-hmm. their personal film so so how'd I, you guys set out to do that well what happened was I ended up you know I was still doing videos so I ended mm-hmm. up Taking my video money, I remember one day I sat down and I saved like forty grand. I was like, okay, let me okay, take forty thousand dollars. Start with that, and then I flew down. I flew to. I went back home, mm-hmm. and I flew to. Uh, I went to North Carolina to be. I have a really big family, mm-hmm. so in North Carolina, my family down there, and some of them, you know, like have money. Mm-hmm. So because they've been working a job since they were like twelve. They were like, you, <laughs> you know, could buy a fucking nine, yeah, nine like, bedroom house for $100,000. You know, they were at like the plant. They were at like, you know, the yeah. plant. And they're living like, places well. where the cost of living is yeah. lower. Exactly. So they just, they hoard the money. Exactly. exactly. And so basically by my dad set up, my dad and then my cousin, they set up like a whole family meeting. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a whole family meeting, but the whole family in from far and wide. They all mm-hmm. came to my uncle's house and they all sat there and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, they let me do the pitch. Really? So I pitched to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, and they were like, oh, okay, well, you know. We'll deliberate. Go in the other room while we talk about it. <laughs> you know, we're going to put money into this thing. And I remember coming back in the room. The good thing, though, he's 
he had a track record though. I did. At least I did. doing the vi- people saw right. your yeah. video. I, did. I had a track record. Your on stuff TV. has been on TRL, damn yes. it. I did. Yeah. But I remember coming back in into the room and I remember it, when they they formed a circle to do a prayer circle thing before they told me. So we did like a little prayer circle. <laughs> and my one of my um one of my uncle one of my one of my great cousins. Led the he was like seventy at the time I guess and he led the the um the prayer mm-hmm. and I remember in the prayer it's so funny because it, like everybody looked up my my I remember he was praying he's like Lord he said let's just please bless this stranger in our midst and hope that he I was like and my parents stranger. I remember all our eyes opened up we were like stranger who's who's he talking about, he's talking about, he's talking about Jeff. well you all of a sudden you become a stranger when you're asking for money when you're not yeah. when you're not asking for money you're just cousin Jeff but when yeah. you ask for money you're a stranger in our midst. And they ended up investing. So they ended up okay. giving me... So y'all shot it independently? Yeah, shot it all independently and um, ended up selling it back then to... Uh, BET had started a film company back then. Mm-hmm. And they bought it for a million bucks. We mm-hmm. shot the what? movie. Yeah, we shot the movie. We ended up shooting the movie for about 200000 and they bought it for a million. That's great. What? I got to give you a high yeah, five on that. Yeah. It was good. Okay. It was good. It was good. That's it was some good. return on investment. Awesome. It was good. Yes, and that was a beautiful thing. I had to bring the money back to my family, yes. and they were and, all and, like, and were they praying in a circle? All, exactly. But, exactly. Like, we had a whole nother thank prayer. You, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How can we do this again? Yes, they didn't want to do it again. But it was interesting that they were really happy, because they didn't expect to get their money back. Oddly enough, they did not expect to get their money back. And I got them their money back literally like in the next year. And plus interest. Fast so, turnaround. That's God, not God is bad. good. Yeah. So yes, it was great. It was hashtag blessed. It was mm-hmm. like, woo. So, and that kind of started my, you know, theatrical and, you know, narrative part of my, part of my career. Because mm-hmm. after that, I went and did this, um, one of the BET execs saw me. So I, they were doing these um, Arabesque movies at the time. So I got one of those. Mm-hmm. I directed one of those. And that's how I got, I got into it. And then I did a film called 17 Again with Tia and Tamara with oh, yeah, Showtime. Yeah. The twins. Mm-hmm. Yep, the twins. Mm-hmm. And I got into the DGA off of that. Mm-hmm. And then I've been DGA ever since. And, and Jasper, Texas. And a bunch of episodes of Soul Food. Mm-hmm. Um, Soul did, Food series. Yeah, you did a bunch of them. Huh? Yeah, I've done about, I think I've done about 12, was it? Um, maybe eight? more than that. No, yeah. I've done maybe, maybe close to, maybe close to 20 in the five oh, seasons. Oh, that many? Yeah, oh, wow. five, five seasons of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe close to 20, something uh-huh. in there. Yeah, that was a great that was a great era there. That mm-hmm. was a great take home pay. That <laughs> okay. was wonderful. That was wonderful. Yes. Oh, that was great. And I think, no, with Bradley, my. I'm trying to think. What network was that? Showtime? Who was that? Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Showtime. Yeah, them so checks. Cool. In, the big, in, in the early years, where they, uh, they were just getting into original programming. Yeah. I think, yes. you know. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think the and, only... to, and to do a black show then on yes. the premium that was, network. That was the that first was, one, I think. Yeah. yeah that was. Yeah. It was the, they had the show, they had Soul Food, and they had, I think they had that Queer as Folk show. So it was those two shows that mm-hmm. Showtime had with their original original program. So that was interesting. Yeah. That was an interesting era. I said, it's my boy, Peter Page. I'm trying to get him on the show. He's. Mr. Busy. Oh, well, you got to get him on the show. Yeah, he's he's a created he created um the Fosters. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, co-created the yep. Fosters. Peter, yep. I I actually I, I was down on the Fosters. Said I shadowed Millicent on that. Oh, I love to, Millicent to, to do an I'm Trying to get Millicent on the damn show. She's well, busy. Extremely busy. Okay. But you'll yeah you'll get she's, her. She's Paris's protege. Mm-hmm. You'll get her. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. she's extremely busy, mm-hmm. but you'll get her. Mm-hmm. You'll get. I'll help. I'll help you out. Oh yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell okay, her. Good. I tell her I did it. It's my cousin. So, safe. I tell her it's a safe place. <laughs> let's let's back up for a second because you mentioned um, that you worked. You did the Tia and Tamara. Tia and Tamara. Yes. Yeah. You did that project and that got you into the DGA. Yes. So how big of a deal was it to get into the DGA? Like, Huge. Why does someone want to be in the DGA? I guess well, here's the question. And you know, I'm glad we all direct. So it's a good. I'm thing. glad you asked that because you know what? I raised a flag for the DGA. Like, I should have raised the flag for my friends that were not doing narrative work 
than just sticking to videos. Here's the reason why. The reason why is because if you want to direct scandal mm-hmm. or how to get away with murder. Quit smacking all into my damn screen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just that this, 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 this. Yeah, brown the brown, brownie so bites. Is. Brownie is so good. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I thought her question was going to be longer so I could eat the little beef. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but that was my fault. I didn't read you right. You didn't That's elaborate it. So <laughs> I was like, oh man, now I got to chew this brownie. And I, I, I like to get right to the point. Okay. Um, so um, the DGA. DGA. So what happens is this. If you want to direct any of those shows, or a studio movie for that matter, you have to be in the director's mm-hmm. field of America, mm-hmm. right? And in order for us to, right now we're at a really a tipping point with diversity yes, and the whole sure. concept of what diversity is. And also, you know, the concept of we're not trying to take from you. Because mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what it is. Yeah. If you look at yeah. the pie chart, the pie chart is 84% of television mm-hmm. is directed by white males. Mm-hmm. 84%. We ain't even got to the women yet. It is a little sliver. (laughs) Uh The other sliver is comprised of all of everybody else. Women, Latinos. So the math on that is 16% for Mm -hmm. all the others. Mm -hmm. And and that breaks up in a whole bunch of different ways. But 84% Mm -hmm. white males. Mm And it's funny because I had these conversations all the time, and because I'm on, I'm the co-chair of the African American Steering Committee, the DGA. Shout out to I'm, them. I'm, I'm, I'm also um, on the uh, direct Western Directors Council board, which has me at a table with you know everybody from Chris Nolan to mm-hmm. John Favreau to Betty Thomas. To, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all there. That's a power table, yeah, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> it is huge. And Paris, of course, is the, the head of the Western Directors Council. Paris Barkley, the president of the DGA, is also mm-hmm. the head of the Western Directors Council. I mean, you know, Michael Mann is sitting there. It's everyone that, you know, it's, it's about, I think it's about 15 of us. But in those names, there's all the power players. And it's interesting, and the concept is, the reason why it should be the DGA is because of the fact that if, okay, for example, I'm also WGA too, so I'm DGA and WGA. Mm-hmm. And if we, we have the proliferation of shows now, which is great, not just on networks, but also new media, mm-hmm. cable, new media, everything else. Uh, YouTube Red, all that mm-hmm. stuff is going to get even more legitimate than it mm-hmm. already is. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just mm-hmm. going to be it's more legitimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they're going to, and they're going to make deals. They're going to make deals with the DGA. They're going to make deals with the union because DGA is the the beauty of the DGA more than any other union, any other guild. They're amenable to. Whatever the well, it's the most powerful whatever, whatever. union. Let's just well, get that. And they, and they have the, ni- the nicest theater <laughs> That's in town. True. We got the best theater in town. Red velvet best insurance. Best, best theater in town. Best insurance. Yes, yes. I love my insurance. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is they're going to make the deals with the YouTube Reds and everybody else so that everybody can proliferate and work. Mm. Now, if you want that job, now once YouTube Red goes union, you're not going to be able to get that job. And mm-hmm. also the beauty of it is it's residuals. Mm-hmm. You want to yes. be able to make money. I mean, Residual I've been able to keep myself income. afloat off of residuals mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Because you want whenever I whenever I see my movie playing on Showtime or HBO right, or something, I go, right. oh, okay, great. I'm you know I'm getting a check from that. Right. Someone's there's a check coming for this. Mm-hmm. There's a check coming for that episode of this. Mm-hmm. It's always a check mm-hmm. coming, and that's important. Sure, that's mm-hmm. very important. And I understand a lot of people have this independent filmmaker soul that feel like, oh, well, no, I don't want to. Oh, no. yeah, I want my DGA. Yes, Jack. you want to. <laughs> no, I mean the the, 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 mm-hmm. the WGA does the same thing for us in terms of because at first as a newbie I, coming in, I didn't quite understand. Like, I'm mm. gonna pay you how much to get into the guild, and then wh- what do you give me? But once they explain to me monetarily, like they're gonna keep track of your residuals. Yep. So anytime yeah. your episode that you wrote plays in, they do it better Sweden, than the Writers Guild does. Let's just be honest, they uh, do whatever. They're better than yeah. all of them. The DGA is the model that everybody else yes. like. Yes. The Writers Guild doesn't negotiate until the DGA does, especially yes. on stuff which like that's 
all of this new content that we have coming that is on the internet that we don't have a residual platform mm -hmm. for, yep. we're like the Writers Guild is waiting for the DGA yeah, to yeah. figure mm -hmm. it out. Because they're, you know, they're mm -hmm. sitting there going like, um, I don't know. And SAG, God forbid SAG <laughs> have to figure that out. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. how many things do, do actors, like actors are dying right now because oh, yeah. mm -hmm. they used to make their livings off of commercials yep. or like you could do, you know, five or six uh, episodes of something at a co-star rate mm -hmm. and be okay for the year. Mm -hmm. Like you could survive. I mean, I'm one of those guys. I hire, you know, actors for 150 bucks a day. Yeah. I and really do. You're going to do it <laughs> you know until I mean? you're told, like, hey, until you can't. SAG said we could. So I'll, I'll put stars in and give them like a $500 bump, you know, whatever the fuck yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's it's, still, that's almost the same thing as paper teaming in a way. Yeah, to an extent. But it's, but to it's completely. Completely, like everybody it's needs to get it's in. Legit, Everybody's it's legit though. It's a contract that yeah. they yeah. all signed. It, it, that they it, it legit. Do. It's really scary. Yeah. But um, but yeah, with the DJ, I just I just think that you know the more I mean, also yeah, look at the percentages. The percentages. So you look at eighty four percent, and then also then you go look at the the body of the guild, mm -hmm. right? The body of the guild is mostly white males. Yes. So what we have to do? What I'm, I'm, I'm big on now with this with the with the um, African American Steering Committee now is is recruitment. I want to, you know, I want to really go out and recruit more black directors to get into the guild so that we can increase the numbers. And with the numbers being increased, also then increase, you know, going out into the world and getting more episodes of, mm -hmm. of television mm -hmm. or, or, or getting more features under our belt. And that's going to do that. So it, to, it, the, to the young higher, directors who are listening... Um, the, what, are, the, what are the requirements? And, and there's a lot of writer directors out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would yes. just generalize since we're talking about directors in particular. Well, writer director. You know, you're a writer director. Yes. Um, um, I like to say director writer, but what, what's okay. the requirements to get into the into the directors? Well, you know, the funny thing about that is there's no like. I know there's a serious interview, my friend. Yeah, yes, go you got. Well, okay. First, <laughs> uh, there's certain things you have to do. Like you have to get, you have to be recommended. Then you have to get three recommendation letters from three DGA directors, which is actually kind of hard to get. Sometimes, really, because you know, well, people don't want to write it or something. Well, or? yeah, because people. Uh, well, sometimes they, if they know you, they'll write it. But if they don't like. So I, I've had people come to me blind, like mm -hmm. they didn't know me. They just you know read read my name off of the uh, roster, really? you know, called me. I'm like, hey, could you write my you know recommendation <laughs> Who does letter? That? Who and does that? I was like, people no, I don't even know you. Uh -huh. why, do you know, why, <sighs> why are you calling me? Well, you know, I, I've read your stuff, and you know, so people do do that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that mm. they do do it. And of course, obviously, I don't write yeah. a letter for somebody I don't know. And because and also there's a certain amount of letters you can do a year, so you have to kind of pick and choose, mm -hmm. you know, who's only like three letters. So you don't have to have had an actual gig. You should have a gig. Yes, you have okay. to have a gig. You have to have a gig, and then you have to be able to either pay, either you have to be able to pay the um, the dues, or like with my, in my case with mm -hmm. seventeen again, Showtime Showtime paid. Mm -hmm. Ah, so gosh. I didn't have to. Yes, yeah, so that, that's the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. have your comp have the company pay, mm -hmm. and then go and get you know, your letters. get your three letters. Mm -hmm. And have your meeting and get in that way. Great, but there are people that do pay for themselves, so yeah. it's not it's not beyond the pale to pay for yourself. Now, I have a movie that I'm supposed to be directing, so I went in and sat in and talked to Paris, you know, who's yes. my mentor, and talked to him about like different things I needed to do to get in. So I just wanted to hear it, mm -hmm. you know, so the kids could learn like what they thought. Yes. They needed to now do. here's the only thing. The only the only caveat to that is mm -hmm. this: like, so for example, if you're going to do a film and you're not in a DJ but you want to join, mm -hmm. and you do join. The caveat is obviously it's, it's it becomes sadly it becomes a little not not sadly because it can still be worked out it becomes bigger than just you yeah. so in essence once you go DJ as a director mm -hmm. then you also have to bring in yep, the first AD, AD and, <laughs> and your second uh -huh. it's those two people first AD and your second AD slash UPM have mm -hmm. to be union too now does does the rest of the um, for instance so we have a budget for 
like a non-union crew. Uh-huh. Of course, everybody sag, but the non-union crew, and then we have the budget for the union, the crew. union crew, which uh-huh. is woo, which is <laughs> a lot harder. <laughs> like, well, but union <laughs> union across the board, though, right? So yeah, you mean sag, yeah. DGA, everything, everything, everything. Okay. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. But um. But um, you can waive a lot. A lot of stuff can get waived. Okay. Just so you know, a lot of stuff that you can, you can waive DGA wise. So, so basically, you can hire a first AD mm-hmm. and you can hire your second. Mm-hmm. And, but, but if they agree and you agree, you can some of that, some of that, some of those fees can be waived. Oh, okay. And as long as they agree, they sign mm-hmm. off on it. Yeah, you know, yeah, everybody's yeah. got to sign off on the waiver, Understood. and that then that's going to be obviously they'll still get in the union with you, mm-hmm. but their their belief has to become has to come that after this movie you're going to hire them for other movies. Mm-hmm. That's Understood. the only reason why people wave. Yes. They're like, well, you know, you're going to hire me yeah. you're gonna, when you get another movie. I don't want to. I don't want to get in off of this one, and then you hire you go with some big old mm-hmm. other big AD mm-hmm. after you work with. You know, Steven Spielberg's AD, <laughs> you know, and dump me, you know, and I don't Which get, happens all the time. It happens, all, happens yes. a lot. It happens, yes. quite, it happens quite a bit. It happens quite a bit, okay. you know. <clears throat> Sadly, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, what is that called? A, um, occupational hazard mm-hmm. that people have to deal with in this business. People grow and they want, uh, you know, somebody bigger next to them for some, for some reason. But, you know, hey, you never know. So let me, let me ask you a question about, um, I mean, I love what we're talking about as far as, you know, kept getting into the DJ because I think it's people always ask me why should I like why should I get in the Writers Guild you know yep. all those type of questions like that so yep. I'm, I always want to get on somebody who's in there who's active like I'm active at the Writers Guild mm-hmm. you know what I mean on all these committees mm-hmm. I have been for years and and so I'm always curious of like from that point of view of why would some young filmmaker who's destined to become a writer I mean destined to become a, a director or a writer director why should they become an in DJ? Why? How important it is, and why? You know what I mean. That stuff is it's it's, it's super very important. important. Yeah, it's very important for them to to do that. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I I I yeah. I'm so happy that we had that um, the holiday holiday show. party. Yeah, you man. know, and, and together, and and you We're know, do Michelle, another one next year. We we got to. And Michelle was very great about that. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that now the DJ and the WGA are kind of doing well. Yes. At, at least you know with the with the minority committees. Mm-hmm. Are doing something together because I, I, I shout out to Abdul for stepping in and yes, you know bringing us all yes, together. Abdul Malik Abbott doing that, putting that, putting that down, and mm-hmm. I think that was I think it was great. And I love because I love coming over to WGA and to to you guys' events mm-hmm. and to the to the different things that you guys have. Well, you want to? Well, I am. <laughs> you know, I have to. I have to come more. I have to come yeah, more because definitely. you know what? I've, I've really. I've really focused a lot of my of, of my time and energy on being a DGA member, mm-hmm. and a lot of times forgetting that I had this WGA card in my pocket. <laughs> and, and and until somebody invites me to an event, I'll come yeah. over there and be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, here's my WGA card. Yes, I'm, I'm a member too." Exactly. So I have to do that more. Michelle's kind of been good at pulling my coattail to that. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm, pulling you too. Yes, no please doubt. do because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great that we've been able to to do that. And I think, you know. It, Strength comes in people, you know, growing up, mm-hmm. and 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 not to say that you know it's, you're not grown if you're just this independent filmmaker running around, but I think you know change. Everybody looks okay. For example, and I don't know if you guys want to save for another show for somebody else, but I just a really quick segment on it. No, go ahead. With um everything that's going on with obviously the Oscars mm-hmm. and everybody complaining about the you know Oscars so white thing mm-hmm. hashtag Oscars so white and all that stuff. It's like you have it, it, it's. And Will Packer did a really good. Thing about so it. He did a really I'm good. He made, a, yeah, he made a really good statement about it, and and it speaks to why it's so important. You know that there's a committee of black writers mm-hmm. at the WGA, and there's an African American steering committee at the DGA, mm-hmm. and we have to increase our membership mm-hmm. in these yes. things because of the fact yes. that 
with the with the with the with the academy, that's who votes. There's no yeah. there's not that many black people, there's not nope. that many minorities. And most of them are over 50, 60, 70 exactly, years old. Exactly in the academy. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. do you think they're gonna vote yeah. for? Who do you think they, what do you think they're gonna do? Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, make our push and you know, continue to, you know, make excellence and you know, increase our numbers in the academy, increase our numbers in the WGA, increase our numbers mm-hmm. in the DGA. So that, you know, our voices can be heard on a bigger level. I know a lot of people are like, well, we just need to do our own thing. We just need to make our own cinema. We just need to... Man, <laughs> you're not going to do that. No. Everybody just says that this time of year. But yeah. no yeah. one's going to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. No one's going to do it. Let's no. just be honest. No one's going to do it. No. And, and you, you know why no one's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Because no one is thinking that way. Most people, the people that are talking that are creatives. Mm-hmm. I'm creative. Me too. I want to make a film. Mm-hmm. I want to write a, I want to write a script. I don't want to. I don't. I'm not the guy that's going to go and create some new paradigm mm-hmm. of right. filmmaking right. and mm-hmm. a new Oscar Cause, show because that takes time away from that, the script. It, and yeah, from, it takes from, time away. I'm not creativity. doing that. Yeah. And most yeah. directors I know are not going to yeah. do that. Yeah, F. Gary yeah. Gray ain't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Will Packer ain't going to do that. Mm-hmm. When we have a system in place that works, but exactly. we need to increase the numbers in the membership. Exactly. Increase the right. numbers in the membership, and also just you know, and also become active right. when you're in the membership. Right. Become active. Right. Don't just you know, don't just go home and then think and put your feet up and then get mad. What have you been doing in the membership? Have you been going to your you know committee Black Writers meeting? Have did you, you come? Your, did you come to the diversity meeting? town hall that did, we had the ex- Writers Guild the other day? Exactly. Did you? Were you there? Did you make a statement? Did you stand up and ask a question? Did, you know, these are these are things that we have to do. You can't be lazy about it and expect change to happen if you're not going to actually right. help be the change that you're talking about, mm-hmm. that you're complaining about. Be the change. There it is. You know, it's ridiculous yeah. to me. When it, you know, and, and it's funny now to see that. And, I, and and you know, hey, am I am I emotional or am I do I feel a way about the Oscars? Sure. But I'm not. It's not the end of my day. It's yeah, like not going to stop me from right. being a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop me from going to see those films because I think, you know, they're all good every. You know, it's all subjective. We're all making movies. We're mm-hmm. all writing scripts. We're all, you know, doing what it is that we feel in our heart to do. Mm-hmm. No one sets out to make a bad movie. Let's just get right. that straight. Yeah. Right. Let's just get right. that straight Absolutely. off the right. bat. No one sets out to make a bad. No one. No one sits down one day and says, "You know, I'm going to make a, the worst piece of crap <laughs> ever." <laughs> no creative person ever does that. Now, do bad movies happen? Sure, mm-hmm. but no one sits down and decides, "I'm going to put my pen to, I'm going to put my fingers on this keyboard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write the worst film possible." Because mm-hmm. everybody aspires to an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Everybody aspires right. to mm-hmm. a Golden Globe, or an Image Award, or you know. So, so I think you know. You know, I, I think cooler heads should prevail. Obviously, we should be speaking about it. Yes, mm-hmm. um, speak about it. Speak on it. Facebook page, make a mm-hmm. post. Mm-hmm. But after this time is over, <laughs> don't just wait till next year to say it again. Right. Start right. doing something between mm-hmm. now and the next year of the Oscars. Yes. Start. Yes. Do, come to your CBW meetings. Mm-hmm. Come to your AASC meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, go, go get involved and do these. Go, go down to the academy. Start to ask some questions. Hey, how would I join? Mm-hmm. How do do I have to get asked? What happens here at the academy? Mm-hmm. Can I meet with Cheryl Boone Isaacs? You know, you, you, you do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit around and complain. Well, time. Last year, I did. We did a panel. Um, but next next month is Black History Month. This probably won't come out till February, but it'll be out in Black History Month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we get really busy during on the Black Committee during that time. Mm-hmm. And sure. one of the one of the things we do is we have um, um, a panel for the um, NAACP Awards, mm-hmm. and um, usually I host it. And um, so we did one last year. My first question I asked everybody was, how does somebody even submit to, be, to, to get their script? Because people don't even know. Like, not. how does that even work? And You're it right. turns out there was a woman from the MWCP who represented that was there. Mm-hmm. And she could have really answered the question even more. So now we're going to have her there this time. Okay. Very about smart. How, Very you know? smart. But apparently, like Sh- Sh- uh, Chernod Edwards, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. submitted herself. Sure. 
That's how she and she oh, won. <laughs> you know what I oh, mean? Wow. Yeah. Who knew that? But you know what I mean? I didn't wow. even know. If you don't know, you can do you that. Know you that. don't know, yeah. you can do that. I thought, you know I thought other people had to submit for you. I thought the companies had to submit your stuff. Like for your them. agent or manager yep. or studio yeah. had to submit. Yeah, right? that's what I mean. So there's a lot of things you can know. Maybe that's just BT because she had that what? that movie. Was it was it from oh, one of her, t- yeah, her TV that, movie? That Whippy Goldberg yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But see, but those, but you have to be there in order to learn this information. Correct. And I think that's what a lot of people should know. They need to just, you know, go and involve themselves. And but that's, see, that's it's easier to, to get on Twitter and just have a hashtag and go crazy. Right. That's the you're easy right. mob mentality. Yeah. Like, you're right. My fingers phone. You're right. And it's th- harder to invest the time and energy to drive right. over to wherever right. the guild is mm-hmm. that you belong to and sit there and listen and interact and network. Mm-hmm. That's hard. You're right. And, and also to be objective about everything that you're seeing because most of us don't get to see all of these movies. Most of us mm-hmm. don't get to see, and And then you're obviously going to have some sort of a bias on which movies look appealing to you based on the trailers sure, or based on the cast or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, like I was fortunate enough this year to be on one of the nominating committees and get to see all you know, mm-hmm. almost everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, kick myself because I didn't get an opportunity to, to fully watch uh, Concussion yet. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it is literally the next on the desk. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. I have a stack that's, you know, mm-hmm. this, yeah, I have them too. as big as Cyanide. So, <laughs> so, you know, like I'm just, uh, there are many people that I feel deserved or didn't deserve nominations. And I think that that, that came through in some of the other guild mm-hmm. situations yes. and settings. Mm-hmm. And, and it did get lost mm-hmm. on, the Os- on the Oscars. Yes. Uh, and there's some people that got nominated by the Oscars that I didn't really see. Like, uh, to me, especially to get an Oscar, and this is probably what plagued DiCaprio for mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. was that, like, you have to not only be a good actor, but you have to be a better actor than you are Mm -hmm. in whatever it is. So he can deliver killer performances Mm -hmm. and everything, but we expect that. So in order for him to His bar is already high, so he has to surpass his already high bar. Right. Which Which Meryl Streep has figured that out. Right. Well, like, so what do you think Eddie Eddie Redmayne's uh, opportunity is to win a second year in a row? Mm -hmm. You know, obviously at the beginning of his career, it's going to be a lot easier, but Mm -hmm. as that goes on, you know, it's not something... So winning back-to-back years is is ridiculous, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. that would be... There's only one Daniel Day Lewis, example. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he only makes a film every four <laughs> exactly, or five right, years. Exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons why, also, I think your, your examples were one of the reasons why um, Will didn't get nominated. Probably. Mm. I mean, because if you look at Concussion, and you haven't seen it yet, but mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's a nuanced performance. Yeah. And it's nuanced in the way that we've seen Will do before. So they're mm-hmm. probably like, oh, we've seen that. With an accent. You know, yeah, with an accent. <laughs> right. Yeah. With an accent, which right. wasn't enough. It's not, yeah. that, it's not that, right. the, right. the bar raiser for them. Definitely. You know, but also, I think I think it was a very subtle and nuanced performance for him that I have rarely seen him do, even though he he did something like it in um, Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. But you know, but he hasn't been awarded for it yet. You know, yeah, so I'm thinking to myself, yeah. you know what? I would have left Matt Damon out of the whole thing if you asked me. But <laughs> whatever the Martian, whatever the Martian, and others. I mean, I just should have gotten a, a nomination as well. Like Beast of No Nation was I love incredible. The kid in Beast of the No Nation, the kid was amazing. I, I, I remember sitting Two watching this over the holidays with my mm-hmm. mom because I bring all the screeners home over the holidays, and mm-hmm. we just sort of say, "Okay, what are we going to watch tonight?" Yeah. And so we, she was dying to see Beast of No Nation because she's got a crush on Idris. You mm-hmm. know, it's like who doesn't? And you know, I was really she was you know in love with his performance, which was outstanding. But mm-hmm. the kid, I'm like, where do you find the this kid? kid? All those kids, yeah. That could flawless. do this performance on so many there. different levels. But, see, From but here's there. the issue with that, though. Mm-hmm. Here's the, the issue with that, and it speaks to our the, the core root of what we're talking about now in regards to the membership. I think a lot of times, and this is going to sound very crazy, mm-hmm. but I think I, I, this is my opinion. Um, I think a lot of times, especially in, in regards to Beast of No Nation and that kid and the kids in general, mm-hmm. 
if you're your regular uh, white woman man sixty plus thinks that they're that's the documentary like that oh that kid just acts like that's his oh, that's his I life see, I see that's I see. his yeah. life he's not acting it's probably mm-hmm. just his life they think that he just we're, stepped outside his back door and exactly they and they yeah. you know there was the, a script there the guys. four of us yeah. the four of there us there was a lot of work involved yeah. because there was a book and someone a had lot to of work, adapt yeah. that a book a lot yeah. of work yeah. but I think that they don't think that I think they and the four of us are enlightened so we know everything was directed but I'm telling you they think because they watch CNN every once in a blue moon and see some war-torn Syria mm-hmm. or part of Africa or somewhere else. So when they so when they see a, a movie about the Middle East and mm-hmm. what's going on, they think, oh, that's just natural because that's how Syria is, right? And that's how that's how <laughs> Iran is. And so they just took a camera there and oh, sat it down no. and said, oh, we're going to shoot some Iran I, Iranians doing some stuff that they yeah. do every day. Unless it's a Danny Boyle movie. And, well, yes. Unless it's... I just saw, I saw that kid. I love, but I could, I'm just I could, generalizing. The, I love the kid it too, was amazing. The kid was oh, amazing. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like he's on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. He's knocking it out of the park. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. You know. I think if, if anything, I would think that if, if, if they could do it over Netflix, mm-hmm. I think they should have sent... Those kids out on like a um, yeah yes. yeah, yeah. On, they had to shake the hands and kiss the babies yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. so that people yeah. could see oh my god they're not like yeah. the kids that we saw yeah. yeah yeah see them in mm-hmm. suits and shit yeah. whatever yeah. exactly yeah. But see, that's 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 exactly the key is there was no kind of a campaign for that at all yeah you got fucking Idris in your movie and mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. have you really seen them was there mm-hm. were there any big screenings was there mm-hmm. you know what I mean not that I remember no. nope you know I, they I, had I a few they had a few screenings at the yeah. guilds and that was it Netflix is learning I think they're learning they, I think they're they're they did so they, they tried and they, they did release the film in a limited basis but I think that was so that they could qualify for the Golden Globes and for the Oscars and to be in that conversation Mm -hmm. but you gotta do the campaign there was two or three billboards around and there were very few movies this year that I felt like the that changed the industry that had like a real impact or that I could that my life would have been worse off for not seeing there were and that was you know a small handful there there are more that are uh, that are nominated than than are even close to that for For me. me Sicario was that film for me Mm. Sicario was that film for me. Sicario was amazing, mm-hmm. and it just literally when I watched that film, I was like, I felt changed after watching it. Yeah, just, mm. I, that's I, hard to do. I, I felt tra- it is very hard to do. I, I really went in there wanting to clown it because I was like, oh, <laughs> what's the name of this movie? Sicario. What is that? What is it? Mm. You know, and I'm sitting there literally jaw drop the whole movie. Mm. Oh, like, they got you. Hook is in your totally mouth. Got me. I was like, holy yeah. shit! This is oh my! I did. Who did? Who knew? Dennis Villeneuve, you know, had that in him. I mean, yeah, I like prisoners, and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, but I didn't know he had that in him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that resided within this man. So it was, it was, it was a transformative experience for me, Scarlett. And see, that's always interesting to me when I meet a filmmaker. And you do TV and film, and mm-hmm. a writer who can what? Because I know it's so difficult for me to. Here's a small example. Like, people always ask me what show am I watching when I'm like, mm-hmm. I watch this, I watch this, I watch this. But it takes me about an hour to come home because I'm here in my office all day writing. And when I come home, I turn on fucking Project Green Runway mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> to just go. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if I turn on Mad Men or all those yep. other shows, I'm yeah. like, what page are we on? Well, why did we do this? Well, oh, I oh, love sure. how the character. You're too yeah. behind the curtain. Yeah. I'm all yeah. in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you to be able to do is escape. I did into the world, especially when you know yes. how something is supposed to be filmed. Yes, it's so. I was surprised. I was surprised yeah. by myself that, okay. that 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 the film took me out of my directorial self. Mm-hmm. I wasn't counting shots. I wasn't. Yeah, you, you know, know what? You know what did that for me was Birdman. I'm sitting Bird. there watching Birdman. I'm oh, like, Bird. how Bird are they man. doing? I mean, yep. this is. I'm talking last year, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how are they doing this? 
ow, I'm not, and I know there's a lot of work involved, but I'm mm-hmm. sitting, I'm trying to figure it out. And I, when I can't figure it out, I'm mm-hmm. like, you got me. I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I, not I looking away. I looking at that too going, oh, so he would stop on something and then pick back yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, like, yeah. it goes but all still, the way to yeah. the wall. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it picks up. Yeah. He was, he but, was clever. He was clever. Well, go see Revenant if you. Yeah, Revenant. Okay. That Revenant. was it for yeah. me. It took it to the next level. Because right? wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. the cinematography in that is beautiful. The yeah. fact mm-hmm. that they use only natural lighting, except for a little, a couple of lights around the campfire, and they were oh, really? they mm-hmm. literally were under the campfire, mm-hmm. so that they would ha- cast that light out mm-hmm. further. Mm-hmm. But that movie is fantastic. That was one of the That's ones. That's one. transformative. Yeah. That movie. I, That's, Revenant I had a moment where I paused it, and I was like, you know, yeah, I get to pause <laughs> things because they're on DVD. Uh-huh. Um, I've had a moment where I paused it, and I was just like. I feel like I feel better about mm. life hmm. because of watching mm-hmm. this. Wow. Just because, like, it yeah, gives you a hope for what that. we're doing. That's it gives funny. you it gives you a hope for like that what we're doing is actually going to reach people on on a, a baser level and mm-hmm. and influence you know who they are and who they want to become, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. That film got me tired as yeah. a director. I looked at that film and I'm like, I'm like, and you know, and rarely do we as directors we we, we, we think you know. You know, I can do anything. Yeah, I can make that. I can mm-hmm. make this. I can make this other thing. You, you look at all the movies and go, oh, Spielberg, I can do what he did. Mm-hmm. Jaws. I can do what he did. You know, you know, you know, the shark didn't even you work. Know, that, that. You, know, you know, you think that in your mind. You think, oh, But I look at Revenant, I go, I could not do that. I, exactly. I literally exactly. look at Revenant, I go, I could not exactly. do this. It, it's, this, this is beyond me. Exactly. I was literally like. And you have to respect it. You have to say, all right. Totally respect it. Tip, totally tip my cap. Totally, you're yeah. beyond me. You're a craftsman. Totally. Totally. I mean, because then, because then you take the other. You take, okay, take the film out of it. Mm-hmm. Then you put your director hat on totally, and you go. The amount of intestinal fortitude. Let's right. forget the oh, yeah. Let's forget the movie for a second. The amount of intestinal fortitude it took to tell the studio executives. Okay, so listen, we're just gonna shoot a scene a day. Damn. And let me tell you something. I I've sat across from executives, mm-hmm. and. Man, let me tell you something. You could they can they cannot play poker ever. Film, <laughs> film, film executives cannot play poker. TV executives, I think, are a lot better at poker than uh-huh. film executives. Film executives wear everything on their face. Mm. Every tell is mm. everywhere. So mm. for Interrupt to be able to sit across from them and tell them, here's what we're gonna do, mm. and here's how we're doing it. And you can't come to set because we're gonna be way out in the Adirondacks. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be in. And it's a helicopter ride, and, and right? Then, you know, and there's frostbite. You can get frostbite. You're not coming. You don't want to be down. Mm. And as a matter of fact, we're using only wide lenses, so there's yeah. no video village. There's nowhere mm. to sit. There's yeah. no cool. There's no area with heat. Uh uh-uh. uh They were literally. I wow. luckily the DJ we have. You know. There's the Q and A, the Q, we have the Q and A's for every show, mm-hmm. for every movie that's out. And Interatu, you know, he, he came into the Q and A after the Revenant. And he just, you know, the beauty of that is he, we tell all our secrets once you get on that on mm-hmm. that stage, except for the bear. He didn't tell about the bear, <laughs> but you know, literally, you know, there was nowhere to hide. Every lens, he said, they didn't use anything tighter than a twelve millimeter lens. Everything was on a wow. wide lens, wow. and and they were always moving. So, all, so, so he, he did what Tarantino be, was talking about doing. Right? Exactly, yeah. What Tarantino <laughs> yeah, was supposed to have done on his yeah. seventy millimeter. Yeah. He was always on a wide lens, and literally, he said, you know, his monitor was in his hand. There was no video village. No. There was no, right. there was no, wow. The actors didn't even understand what was going on. A lot of them, yeah. like Tom Hardy and even DiCaprio, they did not know why they had to look certain ways or why they couldn't talk directly to the actor across yeah. from them. They had, to, they had to look in the other direction. And then Roger said, don't worry about it. When I cut it, you, you know, when, I mean, when you see it, it'll be, because, when you see it, it'll be different because the lens is so wide, you never, mm-hmm. you're not going to understand right now. He said they had to literally, Tom Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio said they had to, after their shooting, they had to literally break down his door and go into Inaratu's room <laughs> to his, his, his uh, where they were staying up there in Canada 
to see some of the dailies, dailies just to see what it is. And mm-hmm. once they did see it, they got more comfortable. They were like, oh, okay, this is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we understand. Because they didn't understand at first. Mm-hmm. They went no. like literally months without understanding until they finally said, you know what? We got to see something. You don't want yeah. Tom Hardy breaking down your door. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, said, and, and, literally, and Tom Hardy literally said he was like, he, he, literally they had to break down the door, get it, kick it in because he wasn't letting them them do anything. Yeah, especially wow. when Tom Hardy looks like he looks yes. in the film. Like you want that guy there. You don't want that guy. Uh, kicking want down your door. But speaking of Tom Hardy, I mean, he was kind of overlooked in Matt Max um, Fury mm-hmm. Road. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I thought Charlize... Was amazing. Yeah, in the film. she was. Mm-hmm. Charlize was amazing. She's, She's always amazing. She's been That movie's that movie was also. I mean, I don't know if it was a transformative kind of thing, but it was one of those movies that you kind of just went along with it, and and you didn't care about like, oh, it's supposed to be Mad Max, but he's in fifteen minutes. Exactly. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. and she was he, like, yeah. with the arm. You were like, come on. Her, they, the character they created in her was so compelling. Yeah, yeah. Just, agreed. Just like mm-hmm. and flawed. Yes, yes. a compelling yes. female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Oh my where we didn't God. need to make an issue of the arm. No, nope. we didn't need to like stop and have some exactly. There was nothing. Dialogue. It was like, like, it's like the arm is what it is. It is what We're it moving is. on. Yeah. We didn't and, even know how she got the and, arm. Like, you know, spoiler alert: that moment where she realizes there is no green place mm, and she breaks mm-hmm, down, and mm-hmm. the cinematography is just sweeping. There's just nothing but sand around it. I was like, you nailed it. Well, I think that a lot of those people also don't. Remember Mad Max the way they think they remember That's Mad true. Max is because because the that is the lineage. Like yeah, the first yes. one was very Mad Max, and everything yeah. after that he's more of a mm-hmm. bystander, a passerby. He's the, yeah, the Thunderdome mm-hmm. is another example. Mm-hmm. You exactly. know, yeah. he should be you know like, it should be like the Mad Max Chronicles, and he's like sitting there with a newspaper exactly. like, yeah, writing right. it down. Actually, you're right. You know? That would actually That's probably right. be be the better description for what he's that. like the Forrest Gump of yep. the apocalypse. <laughs> he just happens <laughs> to be there. Be there at those events. No, that's great. I hope they. I hope they. I hope they. Discuss that, or they, you know, touch upon that in the sequel. Hopefully, they'll do the sequel, and hopefully, Tom Hardy will come back to do the sequel. I'm sure. So, what what's next for you? And then we'll wrap it up. Oh, for me, let's see. Um, For me, I'm doing. I got to shoot. Switch their birth next month. So I start that on February 9th. The Mm. films, I mean, the TV show Switch their birth on ABC Family, which is now being. Change their name to Freeform. Yes. Freeform. 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 I'm, not, I'm not happy about that type. I, I mean, maybe, either, actually. Maybe I'm it's not, because they took ABC out of it. Why I, would they take out ABC? That is a good point. It's a brand. I, I, it, is a, it, it, is, it is a that brand. It makes no sense to me. I, I don't know. They must be. They must. They must have some sort of plan for it. But I, 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 I'm with you. I was a little. I was a little upset behind the whole. Mm-hmm. What, ABC I mean, what does Freeform mean? That's what I don't get. I, th- what, I think they're doing it so they're not labeled as a certain network. Yes, they, and, and maybe they, they can go more room. edgy and have and and, yes, and have that's some programming that has grown up with their audience. Correct. That's I guess. what it is. Their audience that's, has that's grown exactly up a little bit more. So now, but their audience is still watching Switched at Birth. Yeah, still watching are. the Fosters. Point. They are still watching Pretty Little Liars. Still watching those. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, hey, I'm 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 a fan. They hired me, so that's great. So. um I just, I just, you know, I'm with you. I just like the ABC Family mm-hmm. title a little bit better, but I, I get it. It's like you said, they, they maybe they feel that's a little young sounding. I just meant the ABC, ABC Family. I like the ABC too. <laughs> Call it ABC but, Freeform, you know what I'm saying? or ABC Freestyle. That is what we came out with. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't. Been good. <laughs> but yes, that's that's next cool. for me, and I have mm-hmm. um, a script that I wrote that um, that uh, uh, oddly enough, um, did, well, okay, I, I co-wrote the script with mm-hmm. um, my writing partner Lamont McGee. Right. So you're not with Eric anymore? Are you, well, you know, it's so funny. I yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric and I used to write some stuff together, but Eric kind of, you know, 
um, ventured out of the mm-hmm. business for a little while, but now it's so funny. He and I had to sit down the other day, so he's oh, now you working out. He's going to venture back in. Exactly. So there's that. But I write with a couple of different people. Okay, but it's mostly cool. Eric, and then mostly then Lamont McGee. So two uh-huh. of those guys. So Lamont and I have a script called um, Lights Out that uh, got bought by this company ArcLight Films, and they just mm-hmm. signed on Brian De Palma to direct it. Really? So yeah, and that was just uh, and Lights was, Out is about. What? Yeah, it's about uh, congratulations. Oh, uh, uh, thank you, yeah, thank you. It's about a blind, a blind woman in a house, and these guys break in, and wow. um, what ends up happening is, well, they're coming in the house for something in, mm-hmm. sp- in particular, and basically what they do is they realize because something from her father, her father left something in the house, and they break in because they want it, mm-hmm. and she ends up crawling her way down to the basement and ends up killing the junction box, and lights go out mm-hmm. in the house, and. Little do we know that there's a alarm system thing that his fa- that her father had built, so it closes the house up, so like bars come down. Oh, it was like a safe house. Sounds yeah. like panic Sounds room. Like panic, panic room, room but she's yeah. blind. Panic room, and, and, and yes, but she's blind. Mm-hmm. That's it's exactly like purge from the inside. That's how we wrote. And then she ends up contained. And she ends up it. killing them one by one. Love she it. Ends up killing each one by one because we go in flashbacks. We find out. Talk about the hateful eight. Her yeah. father. Yeah. Her father. What it should have been. Exactly. Her father actually trained her. You know, pretty harshly. You know, uh-huh. to be able to defend herself. Kind of like yeah, Hannah. Yeah, yeah kind of yeah. like Hannah. Kind of like a blind mm-hmm. Hannah in a way. And then she raises a superhero. And then, <laughs> she, yeah. she teaches Daredevil what's she's up. About exactly, exactly. Daredevil, she becomes thick. She becomes thick. <laughs> so but then, but with that, Brian kind of is doing a rewrite on it. Mm-hmm. And he's doing like a soft rewrite on it. But it's great with Brian De Palma is working with him. Oh, he's, 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 he's phenomenal. So there's, so there's some changes that he's making to it, but to make it a little bit, make it bigger. Okay. So I'm I'm very curious to see what uh, his rewrite's going to be. So yeah, that starts pre-production in what are we January now? It starts pre-production in March. Yeah, starts pre-production. So that's in interesting March. to know that your ego is in in a way. It's like no, I got to direct it. You know, that's a funny conversation <laughs> you know because you know, to be honest, I initially wrote it for me to direct. Okay. I initially wrote it. It sounded like something you could have produced. I, I, yes, I did. Kn- you know I mean? That was it. The initial mm-hmm. the initial conversation was okay. You know what? I want to do a nice, you know, one to three million dollar movie mm-hmm. and contained mm-hmm. in one location mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, woman in jeopardy movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Woman in jeopardy movie. And she turns the tables. That was the whole concept. Which people watched. The perfect guy with Sanaa Lathan. And, mm-hmm. and that's funny. And that's and originally Sanaa, I had Sanaa earmarked to play the lead and she mm-hmm. was going to do it. And, you know, and it just and it's funny because it would always get optioned, optioned, optioned. And it would never get made. Mm-hmm. And so finally we got with Arclight and they're like, they're like, okay, we're gonna make this, so here's what we're gonna do. And I was like, Well, you know, I wanna direct it. And it was like, Well, you know, well, well, they were like, oh, Well, we wanna do it bigger. And it was like, so, so and then they were like, Okay, so look, okay, so here's what we'll do. You can direct it if you can get an A-list lead. We'll what we'll do is we'll set up some meetings, mm-hmm. we'll send it out to like three A-list actors. And if they sign on with you as a director, then we'll keep you as a director. Okay. And we'll try it three times. <laughs> and we'll see if that works. And they end up going to super duper like A-list women like Jennifer Lawrence type mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. Of course would say no. They're like, Jennifer, I don't know him. Who's that? No. Mm-hmm. So they were very smart. Mm-hmm. But you know what though? The beauty of it is, I learned, I learned not to do that again, but also I learned, I learned, I learned that. You know what? Everything you write, you don't have to direct. Yeah. So I've really mm. absorbed that. And, I, and and the beauty of it is... You guys are writers. You I, can exactly. write and sell too. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is I get to really now sit behind the master craftsman like Brian De Palma mm-hmm. and see how that mm-hmm. is going to work. Because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not only my writer on the project, I also am a producer on it too. Good, good. So I'm going to get to sit there and see... You know the man, mm-hmm. the myth, the legend, Scarface. I get. I'm gonna get to see. Mm-hmm. You know how he does mm-hmm. his thing, mm-hmm. 
and hopefully a little bit of that will rub off on me while mm-hmm. while while he does it. No, so sure. that's the that's the goal there. Yeah. So people take note that mm-hmm. even with how much time and energy that Jeff here has put into learning yes. the craft, he still understands that like it's every day you got to be trying to teach yourself something. The moment you stop Definitely. learning, you start mm-hmm. dying. Definitely that. I agree with that a hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's no way. I mean, I mean, when we talk about Mad Max for a second, a minute ago. Look at what George Miller learned between oh, sure. then and now. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the, well, and the technology to help yeah, him get the, there. Too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you look at that film, and it's like a feast yeah. for your eyes. There's oh, so yeah. much happening, your eye can't even absorb like, it all. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, and this is an, and this is, you know, no offense. This is, I mean, because he's <laughs> on this earth, he's on this planet, and I, and I, you know, we're all blessed to live in that in that age range. He's up there, and he's still. His eye is still like, I want boom. I want explosion here. Yeah. I want this. I want that. I yeah. want yeah. you know, just color on their face, and I mm-hmm. want all oh, spray paint. You know, witness me. Yeah. I'm like, I, I was amazed by that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. was another mm-hmm. one of those mm-hmm. films. I, mm-hmm. I was going myself. I How could, I could not have done this? How? Yeah. Because I don't think I would have pushed myself to that right. yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, we got the guy with the guitar that shoots fire. That's good. Yeah, That's yeah, good. Let's exactly. just shoot. Like, let's start, all right, let's get the master. Let's just uh-huh. let's just roll. exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I would have yeah. pushed myself to all the places that George pushed himself in that film. Yeah, that camera I mean, was coming from everywhere. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And even even with the actors though, like, how do you sit and have that conversation? So listen, so you're gonna spray paint your face before you die. <laughs> you're gonna do this silver spray paint thing. I'm sure. I'm sure the actors looking at him like, what? what yeah. I'm not doing that. Why would you? Why would I even do that? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm just gonna yeah. die anyway. Come on, George, just let me die. I'm not, why do I have to do the whole spray paint yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. It's gonna be great. Don't worry. You're gonna do that. Yeah. To their credit, they bought in. Oh, yeah. Completely. It did. Even oh, Tom yeah. Hardy is like, I'm gonna have this thing over. You have this thing over your face. But I just did that. I bane. I, I had yeah. a whole bane thing. <laughs> and no one can hear. No one. No one can understand what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. You're gonna do it. It's gonna be great. Don't worry. I'm George Miller. It's gonna be phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he bought it. Like, exactly. they did it. It's like. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, you definitely always is more to learn as a director, and, and anybody, and and you should never sit on your laurels and go, okay, well this is what I do, and that's how mm-hmm. I'm going to do it, and I'm always going to do it the same way. Okay, you will be out of a job the same yep. way. Yep. Well, that's a good place to stop. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Jeff. Well, man, I thank you guys. Let me tell you something. That, who did that opening theme song for you? Oh, um, my boy Jack Spade. Shout out to Jack. He's making a ska version for me too. That's great, man. Ska. That, that's it's my, a good theme song. Right that's a great theme song. Yeah. I was like, I was digging it. I was like, oh shoot, you know, yeah, got yeah. little themes like we got, Shaft we got up like in three here. different ones. You know what I mean? Then um, that we've been doing. So he's he's working on like a reggae version of it for me. You know, like mm. I just like all kind of different. Nice. I, I, that's why I, I wanted to say that after play, but I was, I was before you went off the air. I wanted to let you know cool. shout out to whoever did that song for you because that that's was because he's actually he's got a whole bunch of different music and he's like how can I get this in movies how can I oh okay we'll have to talk about that yeah, no, that's, that, that was hot I was like okay if he's doing original stuff like yeah, that was, yeah we'll have to he's got yeah. some beasts of stuff so okay. where can people find you are you on Twitter uh, yeah you can you, you know on, on Instagram it's Bird Jeff so it's my name backwards uh-huh. on I mean on Facebook it's my name it's just Jeff Bird and where am I? On Twitter, it's Feather Films, my film company. So it's mm-hmm. Feather like a bird feather. Mm-hmm. Films, F I L M S. And cool. yeah, that's that's. I don't do that Snapchat stuff. I still don't. I still. I still <laughs> I don't understand Snapchat. I don't, I don't understand it. Snapchat. I don't get it. I feel <laughs> awful. Why Feather Films? Why the name? Because a bird feather. Oh. So bird feather. And I then, see. Oh, bird yeah. feather. Basically, and my logo, my logo, or the animated logo is a is a is a like a, a hawk flying away, and then the, the feather comes floating down. And oh, got it. it. Very nice. Very cool. That's, that's, that's the animated. Yeah, logo. You got some style. You a little, little bit, a 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 little bit. 
But thank you guys for having me. I yeah, really man, appreciated appreciate this, and this was this was quite amazing. It could have gone on longer. This is like my first one of these, so I'm like, this could have been like revenant, like eight hours. <laughs> yeah, we we'll been, we'll bring right. you back though. No doubt. Hey, I'm around. I'm, hopefully, I'll be able to you know bring back like Millicent for you yes. and, and a few other. <laughs> Anybody few other folks. you think is badass, you think uh, I should a, fucking a interview? A few other folks, man. You know, because I'm supposed folks. to have um, Eric White on. Like that's my boy. Okay. I wrote a couple of things for him. Um, and, Eric is good people. That's my man. Yeah, that's that's my dude. Eric is good people. So okay, you, you guys got to come down go to um, some of the DGA events coming yes. up. Yes, but please keep so me. Keep I will definitely. Lesson, I definitely. You know? with, with your whole team, sure. you need to come down. You know, and get involved. We we welcome that yeah. from well, all you guys. Well, welcome our that. goals are to be in there soon. Okay, good. Hopefully, yeah. I'll be in by the end of the year. We'll see if the shit I, works I, out. Hey, if it you works know how out, movies just, are, though. You know what? Just I mean? feel free to call me. Let me know because I'm helping a lot of people get in, and I really am pushing for that this year. So That's what's up. Let me know. Right. Well, I'm going to see Paris tonight at this event. I'll be up. But, well, okay, so yeah, so you you got bigger than me. You got Paris. Well, so hey, but it don't matter. It comes from different angles, all right? You know what I mean? Because I would love to shadow you on some shit if that would work. So. And we will talk about that as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Where are you at, Linnell? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Linnell White, L Y N E L L E W H I T E. Um, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Rudy Rudenberg? I am on Twitter at Rudy Rudenberg. <laughs> if you're worried about how to spell that, it will be <laughs> yeah, in the I was show about to say, notes. I was about to say, how do you spell that? <laughs> yeah, it'll be in the show notes. He'll make sure it gets in there. <laughs> and then, but Lisa always says, I mean, um, Linnell always says, Linnell White. If you can't spell White, you should kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say, say kill yourself, but it's like maybe writing is not your game. That's that not a good thing. one. That so while while on the subject of Twitter, because um, I've been doing this uh, workout every day and write every day. As a New Year's resolution, so Good. if you guys are are committed and you know doing it, hit me up on Twitter because I'm like we're mid January now and I'm still I'm still in it. Well, you should do some some Instagram stuff on that. Then you should maybe like I don't have Instagram. Uh, oh oh my god, it takes Instagram. like thirty seconds Instagram. to sign up. I have an up. account, but I never use it. There you go. I never use it. Well, I'm, I'm selfie and there it is right there. Um, selfie and one. I got well, Yeah, you got to get both sides. Too, right? um, and then I'll do a. My Instagram is Rudy fifteen thirty two. You also see how to spell that from the first name. It's all good. Yeah, too easy. <laughs> That's what's up. And we'll take some pictures and throw them up on there. Cool. Like he just did. And yes. I am your host, Hilliard Guest, and you guys can find me on Twitter. Like You like that, don't you? He's a- and, and he's black, y'all. He's black, if you didn't know. You couldn't tell. <laughs> Hilliard is black. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I grew up with everybody else but having different names. I used to hate my name. Anyway. Hillary, I, think yes. have, I think I have a great Go name, ahead. man. Yeah, it's great. A great, name. It's a great yeah. Thank you, thank it's you. It took name. me a long time to like my name, but now I'm. Good. I think we're all blessed in the name department, name department. here <laughs> today. Mm-hmm. So Sorry, everybody you know, else. Star name Jeff Bird. That sounds like a I pimp know, name. That's, that's hilarious. You know, that's, that's a weird. pimp name. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Hillary Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. You guys can listen to the show. Follow us at Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Um, if you have any um, questions for us, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. <clears throat> and please give us a five-star review on iTunes because we need that shit for the metrics because it's important. Um, big shout-out to all the countries that are following us. You guys know who you are. The U.K., Australia, France, um, South Africa, um, Canada, some of our big countries, um, Italy. Dude, we are all over the world. Wow. I think wow. we're going on 82 countries now. That's great. It's crazy. 48 states. Bigger than NATO. Hawaii. You know, all the other we're going to start getting residuals for this. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and we were in Soon most of come. the states, so forgive me if I didn't say nothing to y'all. Y'all motherfuckers know who y'all are. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody join with me um, for 2016. So you guys know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2016. 2016. Peace, y'all. So you
you want to be a rider Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.